on everybody you are now tuned into gem talk where we have conversations that inspire greatness and i got my guy Vinny, owner of Vinny's barbershop with me what's going on bro what's up marv how you doing bro i'm feeling good i'm glad that we uh we finally got to get started because bro william was tight at me man Yo, William said, this guy talks about being professional, but it's never on time for these lives. <laughs> look, look how he came at me, Vinny. This is why Marv is stuck charging 35. He ain't a professional. Shout outs to William. Appreciate you tuning in. Shots uh, fired. Shots <laughs> fired. <laughs> right? Barbers, Anthony, what's going on? Guys in the chat, let me know and Vinny know where you guys are tapping in from. I'm in upstate New York. Vinny, you're out in Houston, right? Yeah, Texas. Spring, Texas. Let's go. Let us know where you're tapping in from. And uh, this conversation is going to be a fun one, man. It's going to be a good one. Uh, so I hope you guys got your notepad ready. I hope you guys are ready to ask questions. Feel free to ask whatever questions you want to ask. Uh, we may not get to them as soon as you ask, but I will be starring them to be able to go back to, um, you know, at certain points throughout the live. So anytime you have a question about anything, even if we're not talking about it, um, just make sure that you ask the question because we will do our best to uh, to to answer the question. So we got Columbus in the building. We got Brooklyn in the building. Houston. So Texas. How far is that from you? Katy, Texas is um, about 30, 45 minutes, something like that. That's uh, so a neighbor right there. We got South Carolina, San Diego, Tulsa, Orlando. Cool. Ain't it so dope how we got like this big virtual room, bro? Yeah, that's dope. This is pretty incredible, man, to see all these barbers that come in and they're hungry, man. You know what I mean? So I got my boy Mike's on there. David with the Sigma Barbershop. Shout out to David. That's, that's family right there? No, nah, man. Well, yeah, I guess you can say, man, it's a, this gentleman and I, he's a shop owner. We've been talking and stuff and it's dope, man. He's got a great location out there. So how are you guys out in, in, in your area as far as like shop owners? A lot of you guys cool with each other or is it weird at times how does it work out there so so man i i think houston in general you know the south man is is a lot of southern hospitality you know what i'm saying and um and just seeing how the the community uh barbering community is changing um a lot of owners are starting to be receptive towards each other but you know like anything i think it's it's more you know you need to see the fruit on the tree before you can just go up to it and grab it and bite it you know what i mean and so i think a lot of owners including myself were kind of sitting back and just saying man is this guy approachable because can i really trust him can i you know and then i think the big thing too mar for us is that you know i guess when you it when you have a lot of followers sometimes it can be very intimidating you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then at times it's like, okay, well, they don't have a lot of followers, but they're right around the corner. They're like in our backyard. Why not shoot your shot? You know what I'm saying? And, and see what's what. So, uh, but a lot of the owners now are starting to get, um, on that trend of, of just, uh, uh, of wanting to learn more about business and barbers as well are wanting to learn more about business. And so that's, it kind of seems like there's this, this cool shift, man. It's like a, a cool transition that's happening in our industry. You know what I mean? Yeah. So no, I, it, old, I remember uh, back in, I think it was, what was it? 2016, 2016 or 2017. I did an event in my area. Uh, it was called the New York state barber expo. And me and my partner at the time, uh, we wanted to promote the event. 
You know what I'm saying? And to get yeah. as many barbers to come out as possible because Connecticut was happening and some of these other events were happening. So we're like, yo, let's bring one to the hometown. Let's bring it to the convention center in our area. Let's make it dope. Um, yeah. And let's let everybody know, right? So we ended up going to a lot of shops in the area, bro. Like all the local shops trying our best to like let them know about the event, let them know uh, kind of what it, it's like, how there's going to be education tools, all the, the, the stuff that comes along with events, right? Right. And um, it was just so interesting because at that point, I learned how weird it could be being barbers or shop owners going into other shops, right? And and it was interesting because we were entering from a, a frame of showing love and inviting you to the event and stuff like that. But it, it, it felt very standoffish a lot of times, yeah. <laughs> almost mm-hmm. like, like we had this uh, unsaid beef. Like, you know what I mean? This barber beef. And it was, yeah. it was weird, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Y- you know, so we ended up uh, still doing our best to get to a lot of them. And uh, we learned the hard way by doing the event that typically in your hometown, I, I don't know why it's like this, but it's like this a lot of places. Um, at least I've, that I've experienced anyway, mm-hmm. your hometown just don't be coming out like that. So even though we did all of that, it still was, it was still was probably like 80% from out of the area. Yeah. And, and not a lot of the hometown came, but it, it was tricky, man, because I was just trying to we were just trying to show love and connect with some barbers, connect with some shop owners. And of, of course, some were really cool. Some showed a lot of love and we did sure. start some relationships from it. But it was it was also very weird. You know, yeah, it's I don't know why barbers are like this. And, and I'm including myself in that. Right. Before I really started to get into business and, and understand the well-being of people. I think um, it was almost like, I don't know, you know, we cut, we come from the old school, bro, where we didn't have social media. We didn't have, you know, uh, all of these platforms that you can get on and, and showcase your talent or not or whatnot. But, you you know, it was more kind of a, hey, man, hold up, dude. Who are you? Why are you talking to my client? It was very, you know, there was just so many unsaid rules. Yeah. But it carried over, bro. And then and when it carried over, it was kind of like, hey, man, what are you doing in my shop? What are you trying to do to me? You know what I mean? Who who are you? And then and then the first thing that they would do now is they go to your page and see if the page validates you. And and it's so yeah. weird, dude. It's so weird because it's like, look, man, I just want some help or let's come together and help each other. You know what I mean? And and this is I, I, I guess this is why I'm so excited about this one because or this particular live is because there is so many barbers and owners that want help, Marv, like yeah. a ton of them that want help. And let me tell you this. And this is the cool part, man. If we can just be vulnerable on this live, because there are so many people that have the same questions, the yep. same problems, the same issues, the same um, uh, vision, the same goals, the same know how like they want to know uh, so many people want to know the same thing but so many people are not talking about it and and but you know if we can just be open and vulnerable man this is why i'm excited because i you know i think there's a lot of good questions i think there's a lot of information that you have that i have and you know but look at this somebody just <laughs> yeah yeah he said i try to sneak in any shot without introducing myself peep it out first and uh, he was jumping on a wednesday very impressed uh, great leader. What I will say, man, after reading that comment, uh, you know, w- what stands out to me, the, the great leader part is you can tell a lot about people by what people, you know, say about them or, or the experiences that people have with them. And when it comes to you, right, 
just my brief little bit of knowing you and having you on the uh, live a few weeks back, you can just tell, bro, that you've made such a positive impact on people. And and they just be like speaking highly of you, bro. You know, so when you see that mixed with having a conversation with you, even though it's brief and feeling your energy and listening to what you had to say, I'm like, you know what? We got to we got to bring him to the platform for a full conversation because last time. Well, he was he was probably live with us, me and Joe, for what, like ten minutes or something like that. Yeah, something like that. It wasn't it wasn't much, but it was enough, man. I was ecstatic, dude. I was like a kid jumping around. You know what I mean? I was I was happy, bro. So, I'm even happier now. You know? What yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean it's bro, but you've been doing good things. You know, you, you clearly been doing good things. Clearly been making a positive impact on people. And uh, I guess this is just the way the universe lined up to make this happen. In fact, um, let me actually pull up real quick. Because I want to ask you, because you, um, this is, this is how, where is it? This is, this is what I got from you first right here in the, in the inbox. You said, I appreciate the love brother. I think I pinned a comment or something. And you said, I hope this reaches you and you're able to read it. We're a shop out of Texas spring, um, uh, suburbs of Houston. I'm a single shop who's looking to bring awareness to owners and barbers that we can, uh, make an impact as an actual barbershop team. We are Squires' top 10 cities for the most foot traffic and highest revenue. I had Zoom calls with Dave from Squires. I used to uh, use them for four years, just recently left for Vaccaro. I'm not flashy or trendy, but I do know the industry, and I look to help anyone I can. I appreciate you pinning my comment, but most of all, bringing simplicity to the industry. I know you don't need it, but if I can be of any help, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'm yeah. here to help. Now, now, let me ask you, when you sent that, did you think that we would get to this moment right here where we're li- like having a live was, did you, did you believe that? Were you hoping for that? Like, or, or you were know, you just, you were just showing some love and reaching out. Man, so first and foremost, it's showing love really, to be honest yeah. with you. And, and the fact that, that you did pin it, I was like, yo, if anybody takes the time out to, to really read, right. And, and then pin it, it's like almost if you get a review on Google or Yelp. As an yeah. owner, if you take your time out and show that you're very intentional with with them, uh, you know, it speaks volumes, man. So that was my way of showing you and giving you your flowers and just be like, bro, I appreciate you, man. You know, hey, and if it goes anywhere, cool. If it don't, cool. You know what I mean? But nobody can ever really say that that I didn't try to to be who I am with you or the next man or the next man or the kid at his school or, or whatever the case is, you know what I mean? So I've, I've kind of always, I don't want to say I've always been that way more because I wasn't, you know what I mean? I was, I was a knucklehead at first, hard head. And, uh, you know, life teaches you valuable lessons, man. And, and so I've always was, you know, later on, as we start to unfold things, I was always looking for help and I thought I had the right idea and I kind of knew I had the right idea, but I tell you what, man, um, I wasn't sure. And so I said, look, I just need help. And I went to the people who I felt could help me. And to my surprise, they answered the call. You know what I mean? And, you know, whenever I, I um, reached out to you and then you pinned that, I was like, dude, I got to I got to at least tell you thank you. You know what I mean? And no, I did not. To answer your question, I did not think it would it would happen and unfold the way that it has more. Bro, these last two weeks of my life, Mark, have been like a like a jet, bro. Like it's yeah. been, it's been wild from in what way, in what way, bro. So in positive ways, man, I have, um, uh, on a live with you, number one, you know, I just came back from a, a hair show in, in, um, with my mentor, John Mosley, yep. um, popular and, nobody. He's popular the man. Nobody. That's, 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 that's my dude right there, bro. But you know, 
big shout out to Jar, man. Uh, we went yeah. we went over there and, um, you know, we had some some just vacation time, you know, uh, his wife, my wife. And then, and then we went and handled up on business. You know, I got to meet the, the founder and, and owner of, of Vagaro. You know what I mean? We, we talked with him. Uh, I'm on a live with you. I'm in the process of, of potentially opening up another location. And I got word on that. My child support got dropped. I got, you know what I mean? So, hey, yeah. I'm winning right now, Mar. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm like, yo, I, this, I'm living a good life right now. Thank God, man. All glory to God, first and foremost. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. you know, God is good, bro. God is faithful. You know what I mean? And so here we are. My team is is rocking. Uh, my marriage is rocking. I'm rocking, man, and and I'm just having a, a the time of my life, bro. And and to be honest with you, to think that everything that's happening is happening right now is kind of a. Uh, I'm just on a on a roller coaster. I never thought it would it would be unfolding the way that it is, man. So you know, it's, yeah. It's and cool. hearing you say that, man, I, I remember you mentioned on the uh, live that I believe it was 2010 or something. You say you were homeless. Yeah, 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 man. I was I was very. Uh, uh, like I said, you know, life teaches you a lot of things, man. And my, my, to be honest with you, man, it was just my, uh, my poor decision-making in things. Um, I was in construction for many years and when the recession hit, um, when the recession hit, bro, I, I, I lost everything. I lost everything. You know what I'm saying? And I wound up homeless and I was in barber school in the last six months of barber school. I was sleeping in my truck, bro. Mm. And I was like, dude, I lost the houses. I lost cars. I, I mean, I, I had you name it. I had it, bro. And I had a lot of it, but I didn't know how to manage money. And I was yeah. making poor decisions. I was addicted to drugs. I was an alcoholic. I was, you know, I was just I was just wild. You know what I'm saying? I was young, bro. No excuses. It was my choices. You know, I take full ownership of it. But at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Um, I gave my life to the Lord. I dedicated my life to Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And ever since then, bro, like. I just committed. I said, as much time as I wasted not doing good, I'm going to pour back into doing good. And yeah. any way that I possibly can, I'm, I'm going to try to help whoever I can with whatever I can. And, bro, since 2010, I, I got got the wheel rolling again. I met my wife. Uh, we got married in uh, 2013. And uh, after that, bro, 2017, we opened up the barbershop, and then the journey started. So, uh, so opening the shop, man, opening oh. the shop, uh, you got to tell us a little bit about that because you, uh, you, it, last year you made 1.2 million in, in total sales, right? With there's what, 12 of you guys or something like that. Yeah. There's 12 of us. It was, uh, I think it was right at one, 1.3. That's 1.3. And you're doing, and you're doing pretty good this year too. Yeah, this year we're, we're looking. We're definitely looking to break that and 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 grow past that. I mean, for the last three four years, bro, we've been over a million. So, um, yeah, uh, you said something about the shift happening. You, I, I believe you said you were at like two hundred thousand or something like that, and then yeah. you uh, you made some some changes to your business, and then the next year you you went over a million, right? Yeah. So so in in seventeen we opened. We got hit with Harvey, uh, Hurricane Harvey, which is which is it was it was crazy. That in itself was crazy. Um, so I opened up in May, I think, or May, June, May or June, Marv, I can't remember. It's been a while, but May or June. And in in August, we got hit with, with Harvey. So when, when we got to the point where we started to rebuild and when we came back from Harvey 2018, I actually got a full year in and it was cool. 2019, 
is when I actually, we were able to get out of debt in 2018. You know, when my wife and I, we opened up the shop, bro, we were like negative in our bank account, bro. Mm. I didn't have nothing. That's a whole story in itself. Bro. Mm. Like literally the whole barbershop, thank God again, the yeah. whole barbershop was literally like just given to me, bro. When I really? tell you like everything, Mark, from chairs to mats to, and, and, and the whole goal is here, guys, is, is to give you hope. That's, that's, that's my heart tonight is I want to give you guys hope that you don't, sometimes you don't have the money. Sometimes you don't have the knowledge. Sometimes you don't have the credit. You don't have the abilities or the know-how or the knowledge or the wisdom. So man, you know, this, this is just hope. I want to just be able to give just hope. You know what I mean? So when that happened, Marv, everything was given to me. 17, we start opening up Harvey hits. We rebuild in 18, we get out of debt. And in 2019, we opened up our second location. Now, let me say this. I did not have two locations to say I wanted two locations. I barely even knew how to run one location. Yeah. You feel me? So I was not trying. To, <laughs> it's not like I had this good vision of like, yes, I'm going to have two barbershops and I'm going to be rich and not. No, that was far from it. It yeah. just winded up where and then later on we can unfold this, too. But if you ask your clients the right questions, your clients will literally tell you how they want to give you money. Mm. And that's just what it boils down to. So as my clients were coming to my chair, I was like, hey, man, where are you from? Where you guys are like, dude, we're right around the corner. Vinny, you need to go around the corner. You need to go around the corner. You need to go around the corner. Everybody kept telling me, you need to go around the corner. And so finally, I drove around the corner to go check it out. And I was like, mind blown, bro. This place, it was. I knew it was growing, but I didn't know it was growing that big. So I told my wife, I said, uh, Sarah, we need, to, we need to roll the dice on this. And she said, no, you're crazy. We just yeah. got out of debt. <laughs> right. Ready to put us right back in. We finally made it out. And you ready to make it out. another hole. Yes. And she was like, no. And I said, babe, I promise you it's going to work. I promise you it's going to work. I promise you. I kept telling her, I promise you it's going to work. Yeah. So, you know, for the whole time, I was always working two jobs, Mark, from the time I was like 14, 15 years old until I opened up my barbershop in 2017. I was always working two jobs. I could yeah. never get ahead. So finally, fast forward. Well, we went for it. We dove in and I said, you know what? I need help. And that's whenever I reached out to uh, JC Padramo at the mm-hmm. spot barbershop. And then I reached out to John Mosley mm-hmm. and it was 2020, uh, January 1, 2020. And John reached out to me and he was like, what's up, bro? What do you need? And I was like, oh, snap, John, hit me back. Sweet. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I'm going for it. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, um, long story short. He says, bro, it's going to cost you X amount of dollars for me to get over there and help you. And I was like, done. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the money. I did not have the money. But my wife was like, what are you going to do? I said, I don't care if I got to go sell hot dogs under the bridge. I do not care. I'm not. Look, we're in. That's all that matters. We'll make it work. Yeah. And so he came. And when he he was over there at the shop, he took us to school with sheer work and you name it. And, and marketing and business and so on. And I told him, I said, look, my number one thing is, is I don't want the families that, that are trusting me to give them a job. I don't want their children to have to endure what I went through. Yeah. And what I put myself through, I said, so I, I take it very, very personal whenever somebody says, Hey, I want to work with you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so I said, they need hope. They need help. I want to be able to help them. So he was like, Hey, quit, quit booth rental. You got to go commission. Really? Yeah. And I was like, what? He's like, I, I know that thought was scary, right? Because you like, you like, <laughs> yo, 
Mm-hmm. Oh man, you telling me I got to start from scratch is what you telling me, right? All over again with two yeah. locations, right? So yeah. now I had the two locations and I just got into a rental house. So I had $10,000 a month. So and why did he say that? Why why did he say at that moment like what was his explanation of you got to quit booth rent and go commission? Because no one can remember. In order for me to become profitable, the only way I was going to do that was to become a commission-based shop. I can become profitable faster. I yeah. can gain the trust of the community faster. I can gain the trust of my barbers faster. And I was like, everything that he was telling me was totally against the grain, bro. Yeah. Like uh, from what I knew of barbering, right? At the end of the day, what man, were some of your thoughts? What were like, cause, cause it was against the grain, right? So, so you, you were running booth rent for a, a certain reason. And then he's telling you, you're going to have to switch the commission if you really want to be able to scale this thing and become profitable. So what were some of your beliefs at that time about, uh, why you wanted to do booth rent as opposed to commission. What were some of the reasons why you were like, I don't really want to do commission. Uh, my, my number one reason was I'm going to lose barbers. Yeah. That was my number one reason. I'm going to lose barbers. Just the fear of having to start over, hire new people. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Luckily, luckily, Marv, I went and I made the switch overnight, bro. I'm, I literally, literally, I went into the shop and I was like, look guys, we need to have a meeting. I'm going commission. If you want to rock with me? Cool. If you don't, you got to go. So you just went straight, straight in, like you didn't sit there, beat around the bush. You're like, yo, listen, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm let you finish. So don't lose your train of thought. But when I decided to, um, end my partnership, cause I had a partner for the first, uh, whatever, six, seven years of my career when we had a shop together, when I finally got to the point where it was going to be a wrap and it was over and and I I had to let the barbers know that's the same way I did it. It was like, it just, it, just like it was no big deal kind of thing, like right to it. Like I thought it through and then I'm like, you know what? This was an opportune moment. I said, listen, guys, uh, me, me, me and our partner, gonna, my partner going to be, we're going to be splitting up, you know? And it was kind of like, whoa, out, out of the blue. So I can imagine how the room was when you walked in, like, all right, guys, we're, we're going to make a change. The business is going to go for a booth rent to, to yep. commission. How did they respond? They looked at me and I said, listen, put yourself in my position. Let's say you put your money up for this shop and you needed to make your money back. And if we did it based off of the amount that you guys are giving me, I think I was charging like 125 a week or something like that. I said, if if, if you were to put your money up and I only gave you $125 a week, how long is it going to take you to get your money back? That's just the money back, not including profit. Yeah. And they all looked at me and they were like, dang, I never thought about it like that. Right. And I was like, well, that's a, that's the reality. That's our reality. And listen, guys, I hope that you would understand and know that I'm a man of my word, that I have integrity and everything I say I'm going to do. Luckily, up to that point, everything that I've done. So this is a tip for you owners. Have short term goals. Have short term goals. Once you hit those short term goals, celebrate your team for hitting those goals with you. I will do that as as we led up to a commission based shop. So my team, the ones that I had, they trusted me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you you done already established like when, when I say we're gonna do something and it's gonna work a certain way, it is gonna happen. So they even if they were scared or didn't like it, you know, deep down inside they trusted that you were making the right move because hey, you you hadn't failed them prior. That's right. That's absolutely correct. And so when I did it, I was like, all right, I did it. And then John hits me in the throat and he says, Hey, now raise your prices. What? Did you lose any barbers? Yes. How many, how many, how many did you have? How many did you lose? Do you remember? I think at that time I had, that was still in shop one. I had six of us. I lost two of them. 
So it left oh, me so, so it was a win in your eyes. I know it was. You probably thought you were going to lose more than that. Yes. Yeah, that was a huge win. So cool. and then when when we opened up the second shop, I already had the commission base in play. Yeah. You know what I mean? So oh, so man. now my barbers were like, okay, cool. This is how this guy runs it. But it wasn't yeah. cool. It wasn't cool because then he's like, raise your prices. I'm like, right. dude, I just went to commission. Now you want me to raise my prices? And he was like, look, man, you, you got to trust the process, man. You got to trust the process. And I was like, how much did he have you go up? I think we went up like $10. Oh, that's a nice jump. It was five is pretty safe. I I, it's, it's, that's still a good jump, but a $10 jump is that's yeah, a big one. Like five to 10. Maybe it was five. Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it was five. And then we went up another. Another yeah, five, something like that. Yeah, once once you realize you didn't really lose anybody, is like, <laughs> oh, like, okay. I should have went for ten. <laughs> right. Right. So so we did it, Marv. And when we did, dude, man, it got to the point to where um, it, it it got tricky after that. Then I had to learn. Now the pressure was on me. I had to learn managing. I had to learn money. I had to learn how to how to um, how to navigate around that you know what i mean and how to how to make things move and 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 it was it was weird bro because i wasn't who i am today back then you know what i mean and i was very short because i came from a construction background so i didn't have the time to deal with a lot of nonsense and bs if you will you know what i mean yeah. and so when i got some of these kids in the shop i say kids these younger cats were in the in the shop bro i was like they tested my patience big time like mm -hmm. big time, Marv. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, you're freaking annoying. I would get up in the middle, bro. And I remember one time I was so unprofessional. Golly, this is this is wild. But yeah. <laughs> I'm being vulnerable, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, and I love it. Hold that thought. But yeah. I love how vulnerable you are, and I love how genuine and authentic you are. Because at the end of the day, that's what that's. I think that's one of the the biggest reasons why I've been able to connect with so many people because. I'm not scared to, to be vulnerable or, or let you know that I've changed my mind or I look at things different or I've made some mistakes. Cause at the end of the day, the one thing that we all have in common is we're imperfect. All yeah. of us are, you know, all of us are learning. All of us are trying to figure it out, right? We all make mistakes as much as online can make it look like that's not the case. It, 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 we, the, the thing that connects us all is that we all are, are imperfect and we all have done things where we're like, all right, maybe I could have did that different. So um, I, I appreciate you too yeah. for being vulnerable and be willing to throw yourself out like that because that's that's why so that's why you are having the 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 light your life move in the direction yeah. the way it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's part of it because you're just like, you know what? I'm not living in a, a super fearful state where I'm gonna try to hold up this facade and this image of perfection. I'm just gonna tell like it is, keep it real, and and hopefully I inspire somebody. Yeah, <laughs> you know what if, I mean? it's, if, if it sticks, good. If it don't, hey, well, it's not because I wasn't honest. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but so so you said you had an unprofessional moment. It was super. Yeah, bro. So so like all these kids were, they were just like I was pushing them. I think I had a three. Yeah, I had a three tier system then. So, yeah. you know, they would go from 50, 50, 60, 40, 70, 30, which most shop owners are running now if you're commission based. So it was almost the same as a booth rent mentality, because once they hit 60, 40, they're like, bet, I'm done. I'm cool. I'm coasting. I don't care to come to work as long as I hit my 60, 60 percent, then they're out. Then I hit 70 percent. They would work to get to the 70 percent. Some of them would stop at 60 percent. But once they got to the 70 percent, oh, forget yeah. it. They were worse than booth rental barbers because now they're saying, man, I earned this. You owe me. I'm this type. You know what I mean? All of that jazz that went with it. So yeah. finally, I had enough, Marv. I had a <laughs> I had enough, bro. You held it in for a while. You just vented to to the wife, and you you know you vented at home. Uh, you held it in, and then you couldn't do it no more. I couldn't do it no more. In yeah. the middle of the shop, I was like, "You, you, 
and you, Gerald standing out there. You got an effing problem with it, then that's it. You can get the F out the shop. I'm not dealing with you guys no more. And I'm just blowing off. I mean, steam's coming out, bro. Yeah. And it's in the middle of the shop, bro. Then yeah, was they, there customers in there? Yeah, customers and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, you, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that that yeah, was, yeah, that was yeah, not yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I should have, I did. Right, right. So, you know, one guy, he stayed afterwards, and I was like, bro, you still got Similac around your mouth. That's how stuck you are on the on your mother's tip, you know, and I'm going, yeah. <laughs> I'm going off. I mean, I'm just going in on these guys, man, and I apologize to them. That was one thing I'm not afraid to do. If I'm wrong, I will go yeah. back and I make it right. So immediately I went back to him like, man, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. You know what I mean? But they were pissed. Yeah, no. They were pissed at me. They were so pissed, which they rightfully so. Right. So now I, I raised the prices. I went to commission. Um, I'm, I'm learning systems. I'm learning all of this stuff. And I'm like, dude, I don't even know if I'm doing it right. But at the same time, no more, we're still building momentum. Yeah. And so it's okay to have a mess up. It's just not okay to stay messed up. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So when when I started to to learn and grow, John was like, all right, you got to raise your prices again. And then I would call him up, John, what about this guy? What do you think I should do? What about this one? He was like, bro, listen, the guys aren't the problem. You're the problem. And I was like, me? How could I be the problem? What are you talking about? You know what I mean? And so he was like, no, bro, you're the problem. You're the leader. You're the leader, man. And, and he says, you know, if a fish rots, it rots from the head and then it works its way down. He's like, you're the problem. Mm. And I was like, dang, well, how do I fix me? And he was like, you need to start working on it. So what I did is I went to my wife and my wife, Sarah, was like, you're, you're tripping. You need yeah. to start doing this and doing that. And I was like, oh, my God. So now everybody's coming at me like that. Oh, you felt like the world was against you for a little bit, right? Like, no, yeah. you, you was mad. Like, they, yeah. they didn't understand you or they yeah. could, they didn't get it. Why you felt that way. Yeah. I hear you, bro. I've been you're not in the shop. You don't girl. know. You're not dealing yeah. with them. She's yeah. like, no, I'm not. But I deal with your ass. You know what I mean? And yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And then my boy, John, you know, my brother, John, man, he was like, Ben. You got you got to relax, bro. And yeah. I, mean, I was like, no, nah, I can't relax. Like, you know, I, these people depend on me. He was like, bro, enjoy your shade tree. Enjoy yeah. your shade tree. That's the one thing John always tells me. He's like, man, enjoy your shade tree. Because from from working two jobs to now going to one, I put all of my effort into one job and mm -hmm. I didn't know how to stop. And he was like, bro, you're, you're running. You're running too fast. Enjoy your shade tree. Man. So enjoy your shade tree, meaning like you, you've worked so hard to, to build this. Now you can, you can relax a little and appreciate yeah. it. Yep. And I didn't know how to do that. I did yeah. not know how to do that. You were just go, 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 go. It was nonstop. Still to the day, I'm like that, Mark. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like, bro, I hear I'm you. up at three in the morning, bro. I'm up at three in the morning. I'm in the shop by five. My first brain going day. like this. Nonstop, bro. Yep. Nonstop. So but I'm learning now how to enjoy my shade tree. So fast forward, um, John, you know, he looked out for me and then I started to learn people even more. And I started to apply biblical principles in my life, even more so in my life and then in, in, into my business and treating people with integrity and treating them right and, and being open and vulnerable and telling them my flaws or, or I don't know, or, Hey, hang in there with me. Or, you know what, guys, I think we can do it like this. What do you think? Like learning when to ask your barbers, how to ask your barbers. And so where did you, where did you like learn that? Was that, was that uh, from guidance from uh, John Mosley or people in your life? Or did you start reading books or like, where did you start to learn the, those skills? 
I started to learn that a lot from John, my pastor, yeah. my pastor Juan Martinez. He he would always teach me biblical principles. So I always encourage you guys, man. Look, you don't have to be so spiritual that you lose sense of reality, but you yeah. don't have to be so caught up in reality that you lose fact of your spirituality. Mm-hmm. So these two gentlemen will help me navigate, you know, and as I was making changes internally, it was starting to reflect externally. So I would read the Bible. I always read my Bible every morning. I read my Bible. I pray. And, and then I, I read like John Maxwell, you know, yeah. self-development books like that. I read Dave Ramsey on how to, how to manage money. John would sit there and he would coach me. He was like, bro, you got to do it like this and got to do it like that. And, and, and so that's, that's how I would just start developing it. And yeah. then I really understood the fact that I was like a light bulb went off whenever they say, man, you treat people the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And that spoke so much volume. Like you hear that? But until you're really ready to treat someone the way that you want to get treated, it changes the whole game. So I started to say, you know what? Okay. I I would just shut down. Like if somebody would piss me off, it was, if it was a situation, I learned how to blink. Mm -hmm. You know, I would just sit there. Like I looked like psycho. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I would sit there. Uh Oh, Vinny is about to snap. (laughs) He's about to snap. And so I would process all of my thoughts through my blinking. So yeah. that way I wouldn't verbally express it. Oh, bro. I can see you standing there yeah. just blinking at somebody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll just start blinking. You know? They're like, yo, what's he about to do? And then now my team knows. My team knows, like, oh, shoot, Vinny's quiet. Y'all just give him his face. Like, yeah. Yep, yep. Leave him alone. because it, Let him work it out up here so that it don't turn into, like, yes. so it don't blow up. I hear you. Yes. I operate the same way, bro. I get it. <laughs> you know. So, so now, it, you know, that's the ongoing joke. In the yeah. house, like, oh, snap, Vinny's blinking. Vinny's yeah. blinking. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. so, but anyway, you know, again, being vulnerable, right? So, so then I just started, I just started testing myself in certain areas, like discipline, losing weight or waking up earlier and, and doing things and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So this self-development really helped my team. Yeah. You know? And then now my team it starts started, at the top, right? It starts yeah, with the leadership. That's it. And the team started to see it, Mark. And yeah. when they started to see it, the community started to see it. And there was a there was just a vibe going on in there. And then things started happening. We gained momentum. And then boom, you hit another roadblock, but you overcome it. You keep going. You hit another roadblock. You keep going. And then after you build up enough momentum, you're just like, man, you know what? This isn't that bad after all. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like we can really get past this thing. And then that's what we started to do. That's yeah. what we started to do. So we went from 2019 to making like two, three hundred thousand to 2020, like right out of mill. Mm. And then and now at that point, the people that stuck with you through that, now they're like, yo, I, I'm, I'm, I'm riding for this man. So that's, that's right. why they be on the lives. They be in the comment section. They be sharing right. stuff to the story because because you done you, you done took some risks and involved them in those risks. And and you you made it happen, bro. And the one thing I will say that I, I love that you do, um, that I don't even know if you're conscious of, but maybe you are, um, is you you get very clear on what the intention is you want to do, and then you just go for it. You don't right. get caught up in the how, right? And 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 that's one thing that I've I've learned, and I continue to learn every day is that it's not on us to figure out the how. It's on the, it's on, it's God, the universe, whatever you believe in that the higher force at nature, they're the ones that are going to determine the how, right? Like you can sit there and, and get caught up in the how, and that's what leads 
to no movement. If you're sitting there thinking about, you know, I want to do this or I'm going to do this, but how are you going to do it? If you sit there and try to just figure it all out, yeah. you could end up making no movement. Whereas if you just decide, you know what, this is, this is what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm going to do. Well, how are you going to do it, Vinny? How are you going to do it, Marv? I don't know, but I'm going to do it. And I'm then it. just the way that it works is the, the next steps just start getting unveiled to you, right? Yeah. So for all you guys tuning in right now, just, just understand that there are going to come so many times in your life where you're going to feel called and inspired to go after something or, or make some big change in your life or set some big goals or whatever the case is. And you're going to find yourself trying to figure out how it's going to happen. And, and I'm here to tell you that you just, the, the, the best thing you could do is, is act on faith and just stay clear with what it is you're attempting to do. And the how will unveil itself, bro. It, I, I, I can't explain it any other way than that, no. but, but I promise you that's how it is. I can't tell you how many times in my life where I've just, yeah, I'm going to do this. How? I don't, I don't know. I'm going to do it, though. I'm going to figure it out. And it just yeah. it happens. And, that's and, and I see that's what you do. You, in so many stories that you've shared thus far, you're like, yeah, like, I don't know how it happened, but I got the money. I don't know how it happened, but, you know, we yep. this. you just yep. did it, you know? You just did it, man. It, that's that faith factor, you know? And and, and so for those who, who really don't have faith, then then it's 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 the term that we all hear that's so cliche, but it, it's, it holds so much value. It's trust your process. Trust yeah. the process. Just trust your process, man. Yeah. Keep your head educate down. yourself too, right? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Don't be afraid to pour into yourself. Don't be afraid to teach yeah. yourself. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to say, I don't know. Like those are the most valuable words. So, it, it, okay, I have this thing where somebody tells me, hey, man, you shouldn't be doing that. I know. That's mm-hmm. the worst thing. Like in my shop, that's the worst thing you can tell me. I'll stop yeah. you. Hey, no, 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 no. Stop time. I tell them yeah. no. Don't I tell struggle me. with saying that too. Don't tell me you know because if you know when you didn't do it and you just don't want to do better or be better mm. never tell me you know that's the one thing in my stop do not mm. say i know because if you know i'm going to hold you accountable to your words if you know then why did you do it if you know mm-hmm. then why did you set yourself up for that outcome if you know then how come you're not challenging yourself to change it if I you know that. what you say you know then fix it I you know what that. I mean? And so that's the one thing on my side. Never tell me I know. If you're wrong, just be like, my bad, man. Yeah. I, I'm going to eat it. Same thing for me. I can't go to my barbers and be like, being the rent's due. I didn't pay it and the lights are off. Oh, man. I know, bro. I didn't pay it. No, no. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I've, I've, uh, that's a habit I, that I've been working to change too is the, I know, I know. Right. And in the, like you said, I don't know is it's is so powerful, bro. Like admitting that you don't know. And even if you think, you know, uh, just coming from a spot like you don't know will teach you so much, bro. That's like right. I remember being younger and, and one of the things that I noticed about myself was I, I even to this day probably still struggle with it. But it's like you like to feel smart. You know what I'm saying? Like you like to feel smart. It feels good when you feel like you're smart. Yeah. But, bro, a uh, 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 a way you can learn so much more, so much quicker, and and I think make progress in your life is to to act like you don't know anything, to yep. to to act like you're you're stupid or you're dumb, to ask maybe more questions than you think you need to ask, and yep. it's it's interesting when you when you assume you don't know, you learn so much more than you do when you assume you know. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. Well, now we got to the point where I didn't know. I started to learn. 
And yeah. as I started to learn, well, I started to see money come with it. Yeah. And 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 the biggest thing, Marv, where 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 a lot of people, so people are so caught up on the tangible, which is money. Right. It's bigger than money. Yeah. Barbering is bigger than money. Money comes to you as a barber when you start to understand what your purpose is as a as a person. Yeah. Once you understand your purpose as a person, as an owner, let's say you're an owner and you're just starting to wanting to get into a shop, right? And you don't know. Then the the main thing to do is if you don't know, go ask somebody for help. And yeah. that's what I did. And as I started to get in into um my my business career, I started to see money come in. When I started to see money come in, I started to ask for help and say, Hey, what do I do with this money now? Mm -hmm. Cause I never had it. Right. Not in barbering. What do I do with this money? Cause I don't want to lose it again. I don't want my people to have to suffer for my lack of, I don't want this to happen. So what do I do? So now I started to see how it was beneficial for me as an owner. Yeah. And then I started to see how it was beneficial to my barbers. As I started to learn the difference of being beneficial for me and my and my barbers, this is where the term that I always say, if I eat, we all eat. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So now now that I'm eating, I'm making a profit. My job is before I go and spend my money on me, I'm going to pour it back into my barbers so they can see I'm fully invested in them more than what I'm invested in myself. I love that. And whenever they started to really feel that and they're like, dang. Hey, here's some shirts. Here's some business cards with your name on it. Here's some marketing. Let me show you what we're marketing and how we're marketing. Let me show you some money. You know, if I eat, we all eat. And there it is right there. You know what I mean? And so now these guys, I started to see their lives change, Marv. Yeah. I started to see cats. I, I got one of my barbers, uh, Chuck, man. Shout out to Chuck. Chuck, he came with me. He's only been barbering three years. This cat's been making over 100K all three years that he's building. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he started off Ubering, bro. He was doing, he was cutting hair and then having to leave to go in and 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 do Uber and, and uh, Uber and, and DoorDash. And his goal was, he told me today because I was curious. I said, Chuck, how much did you need to make before you went home? He said, I was not going home until I made two hundred dollars a day. I was mm -hmm. like, you weren't making two hundred dollars a day a day in a barbershop? And he was like, No, nah, bro, I wasn't making it. Yeah. And I was like, Dang. So as I started to see their lives changing. And I started to see them really growing themselves. Then I started to pull the scales back or the, the range back a little bit. And I started to invest in my family then. Then mm -hmm. we built us a house in 21. I built us a brand new house. I was able to, to take care of my family, my, my kids, and putting them through college and, and whatnot. And, and so all of these things now, right? So now my team is cheering for me as an owner just as much as I was cheering for them as an owner. You know That's what I mean? Fire, bro. And so now we're fanning each other's flames, bro. And then when you go into my shop, it's like everybody that walks in there. And, and again, I'm not I'm not doing this to toot my horn. I'm trying to give you guys hope again. Yeah. And when they walk into my shop, they walk in there like, bro, there's a vibe in here, bro. Like, like you can feel it. Look, they're chugged right there. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. that's that's what I was telling you about. So um, people walk in there like, yo, it's a vibe in this place, bro. Like you, you can just tell you can feel it. Well, that's because we're family. You know yeah. what I mean? I treat, I treat not that they're my kids, but if I look, I look out for their kids. You know what I'm saying? So they are like their children are what are like my children. You know what so I mean? So it's very important for you to create oh. that family vibe within your team, and then that extends to the customers and the clients of the shop as well. So that Absolutely. way, 
when they're there, they feel like family too. So now the clients come in and they're saying, dude, Ben, Ben, they call him the OGs. You got your OGs with you. And they can point to him and see all of the guys that have been rocking with me for the whole time. You know what I mean? And and we have it's it's probably like one chair, to be honest with you. One chair is it's like it, it's always a, a rotating chair. I can't seem to find the one guy, but I think I got it now. You know yeah. what I mean? I think I think I got the full 12 on that we're rocking with now, man. But um, as as we started to grow, the clients really started to get invested. And here's another tip for you owners too. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, You do not have to open up a shop and it look like the Taj Mahal. Mm, you do not that. have to do that. I love don't, that. <laughs> don't, 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 man, look, don't fool yourself. You do not have to do that. The Clippers Bro, my first well. shop, I bought like, I, I, I probably would have invested a little bit more if I could figure out how to find it. Right. But my first shop, Bro, we had the we got just chairs like whatever they were like the cheapest ones, bro. We had these little cheap foldable chairs for people to sit in. We had kind of cheap chair, not kind of. They were cheap chairs to cut hair in, bro. For our stations, you want to know what we use? We used bookshelves. We went to Walmart and yeah. bought like the cheap bookshelves and we we put them up hung them up on the wall and we got some like sticky tile to <laughs> to make the top like look yeah. like presentable right now is that the perfect way to do it you know i obviously hear why that's not right but we got the doors open people started coming in we were uh we were doing our best to create a fun vibe a welcoming vibe and put out fire yeah. haircuts and then as we started to make money we started to reinvest it we upgraded the chairs that we cut hair in. we upgraded the chair to waiting area we upgraded the sign we upgraded everything so yeah i i love hearing that because that's yeah. i try to tell people that all the time because they're always like how much do i need to open the shop you know people tell me i need fifty thousand sixty thousand and i'm like you know if, if you had that great but you know the some of the shops i open i open for honestly less than ten thousand dollars less yeah. than that you know absolutely bro like you listen clients want to support anybody clients will support anybody in anything that's moving okay especially their barber if they see that their money is going back into their shop if they see that they customers can literally see their money where it's going and when they can see that a new mirror is up or a new mm -hmm. decor is up or a new TV was up or, hey, you guys got a dope welcome mat. That was up. Or if you guys see just just the smallest things. And listen, listen, the attention is in the details, man. You know, in mm -hmm. my shop, I have so much. Um, uh, I got so many pictures. I mean, you go in my office. I got tons and tons and tons of memorabilia, signage yeah. and stuff. And every now and then, I'll just go and pull some, some some of the old artwork down and put up some new artwork. And people yeah. are like, oh, yo, Ben, is that new? And I was like, yeah, man, it's new. You know, I had it in the bag, just never really put it out. Everywhere that I, my clients go, check this out. Everywhere my clients go, here's a tip for you owners. I'm telling you, engage with your clientele. Mm -hmm. Everywhere my clients go out of town, if I find them going out of town, hey, man, do me a favor. Pick me up something from the shop, bro, and I'll give you the money when you come back. No, bro, I got you. And they want to they bring something back into their home and and that's what our shop is is their home and when you can start to engage that that type of clientele and, and engage your clients like that and they have no problem giving you money people mm -hmm. are, let me tell you something Mark. people and barbers stress so much about raising money because they're not stepping up to the plate to give them a reason to get more money mm -hmm. period 
period. Most barbers are afraid, man, I'm going to raise my prices. Well, yeah, you're afraid because only other than Clippers, you're not buying nothing. Other than New Jordans, you're not investing in nothing. Bro, they ain't even, they ain't even, they, they might buy the new babyless Clippers, but they, they ain't buying that new half guard. They still, they still <laughs> walking over buying, borrowing the half guard from other barbers and walking over borrowing spray. Like, it's like, well, we want to raise our prices, but we, we don't even want to buy half clips. Like, what are, what are we doing? You know, work what's working. Right, facts. Work what's working, man. And if it's if, if you can if you can turn on those clippers and cut some hair, I don't care if it is on a bookshelf. It yeah. worked. And look yeah, at it, what it's made done. Made me now. a lot of money. Yeah. It made you a ton of money. It makes me a ton of money. It makes my barbers a ton. Work what works, man. Keep the main thing the main thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you don't need a lot of money to open up a shop. Just yeah. get it started. And then, uh, like I said, set attainable goals. You know, uh, statistically, statistically, right. Uh, I'm big into numbers and stats like that, right? Statistically, what you do, John Maxwell says, what you do for the next two years can set you up for your next 10 years. Mm. So think about if you're intentional and in investing in your business, investing in yourself, it could potentially set you up for your next 10 years. Let's say you don't do anything for the next two years. You just set yourself back potential 10 years. Mm. And so when mm. I started to learn. Barbers, that's right, deep. That's that. it's crazy deep because I said, you know what? Two years. Why two years, Marv? I'm going to tell you two years is an attainable goal. Two mm -hmm. years is enough to get the job done, but it's also enough to convict you and say you haven't done anything with yourself. Two years. It passes by fast, but so two years fast, is, is long enough, though, to get a lot done. Yeah. And I, I love how you keep referencing John Maxwell. And for, for, for those of you in this chat, if you don't know who John Maxwell is, if you take anything from this live, <laughs> write this down now, John C. Maxwell. All right. And here, here's why, right? Incredible. Like Vinny said, but here's why uh, earlier I went on a, a rant on my um, YouTube live. Some of you guys might've been tuned in for that, but I was, I was venting and ranting because, um, you know, as, as barbers and as people, we will complain about a lot of things. Um, like, for example, when I was talking about how, how barbering, you know, barbers act like cutting hair is the hardest thing on earth, right? It's like we don't realize how, how fortunate and blessed we are, right? Wow. And, and I was making a statement that barbering is not as easy as people think it is, but it's nowhere as hard as barbers want to act like it is nowadays, right? And obviously there are people that will hear that and are like, well, Marv, barbering is very hard. Standing on your uh, feet 10, 12, 14 hours a day, dealing with all these people. And yeah, yeah, it can be hard, right? So, and it's sure, I understand that, right? But then then my, my argument was a lot of times when we're complaining about these things, there, there isn't nothing we're doing to change these things, right? So if we're complaining about how our body is feeling, cutting hair, are we going to the gym? Are we working out a couple times a week? Are we taking walks around the block? Are we taking jogs? Are we eating the, the best we can eat, right? If we're talking about uh, the, the people that we're dealing with and customers being a lot and, you know, they're, they're overwhelming at times. Sure, I agree. But are we working to improve our communication skills? You know, what books have we read on communication? What books have we read on personal development and leadership and, and philosophy and psychology and all types of stuff? I was, I was ranting, right? Because ultimately, there, there is a lot we can do to improve our life in a lot of different ways because there are so many different things are skill sets that can be developed, right? So I, I say all that because it, Vinny keeps referencing John C. Maxwell, all right? And... If you just start with him, 
Just start with him and all of his books, audio books, and everything that he 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 speaks on. If you just start there, I promise you, his content, and he's an OG in this. He's he's done birthed a lot of people. He's an OG in this. If you just start with his content, I'm telling you, it's gonna change your life in so many different ways ways and it's going to help you be better it's going to help you be a better leader you're going to be a better human you're going to be better at communication you're going to be better in your relationships you're going to want to take your health everything more serious you're going to want to take your business more serious learn how to be more efficient in your business it's going to trickle down in all of these different ways so i I say all that because take that away from this you're going to take a lot because i I know Vinny's going to continue going in for a little bit longer but john c maxwell start there I, I and then come back and, and, and hit up Vinny, hit up marvin be like you know what appreciate y'all for putting me on to john yeah yeah for real like and and you know and i'm not knocking other other classes out there and other you know programs that that that's out there for you guys but at the end of the day you know real success happens internally for you as as your own you know what mm-hmm. i mean and if you're not willing to succeed as your own person stop putting it on the shop Stop putting it on the owner. It's not fair to an owner and it's not fair to everybody else that they carry your dead weight. It, you, you can't you can't keep doing that to people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> as we started to grow and I started to learn just how, how business is working, then I started to really tap into, OK, maybe this was a fluke. Right. Mm. 2020. Yeah. Maybe this is a fluke. I got lucky. Maybe we just got lucky. Maybe we got lucky. So, you know what I told my wife? Don't touch the money. Leave yeah. it alone because all I need is my my CPA, which by the way, get you guys a good CPA, right? Get you a, a really good CPA because what we're good at, what and I'm saying we as the industry, what we're good at is is yelling commission or booth rent, but we're horrible at teaching uh S Corps, C Corps, LLCs, and teaching tax write-offs. Like we rather teach you uh to pay commission before we teach you the benefits of commission and how much mm. tax write-off you can get as an mm. owner. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like barbers. <laughs> so for in my shop, Mark, That's in my shop, uh, the one I said this last time, I don't raise and I don't develop stupid barbers. When you come in, it's fine. You can start. You can start where you're at. Just, it's that we have starting ground. But when you time, by the time you leave me, I can guarantee you. And it's rare that I've met a person that's done this. Any barber that's left me, it's rare that they made more money. And it's rare that they went into a shop where they had an owner that really looked out for them. It's mm-hmm. very, very rare. And they come back to me and they tell me, man, Vin, I didn't realize how good I had it. Now I understand what you were saying, so on and so forth. Cool. Hey, man, no harm. No, no, no bad blood. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Of course, they block me after that. Right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's part of it. Yeah, it's part of it. It's part of it. They block me. Hey, but much love to you. You know what I mean? It is what it is. But but at the end of the day, it's like, you know what? When when, when you can teach your barbers to come in. When my barbers come in, I immediately tell them, um, I talked to one of my managers today and I said, Hey, I was just curious. I said, what is the one thing? And if you're an owner, I challenge you to do this. I said, go to your team. And I asked my team, I said, what is the one thing that I've told you that has helped you? <laughs> do you have a chair open? Right. <laughs> they took you off. They took you off their buddy list. That's bad. Buddy. Uh, Excuse me. And that's back. Uh, I said, um, what is the one thing that I've taught you? that's helped you grow your career. Give me, give me one thing. And I asked all my barbers that that were in today and my manager, he told me, he said, the one thing that you told me was uh, to expand my mindset. That was Blake. Mm-hmm. When Blake came to me, Blake was, uh, uh, he came from Maryland. I say he came from Maryland. That boy's been all around the world, but anyway, we're going to go yeah. Maryland right now. Yeah. That's the one we're going to choose. <laughs> we pull that one out the hat. Yeah. Depending on what day it is, it determines where he's at. But anyway, 
uh, he said, when he first came to me, Mark, he said, hey, let me ask you something. Do you think that I can make $1,000 a week? And and I drove him around the neighborhood because I wanted him to see potential. Mm-hmm. So everybody that comes to me, new barbers, I always try to eat lunch with them and drive them around so they can see potential. And I, and I stopped and I looked at him and I said, $1,000? That's what you're worried about, Megan, is $1,000? I said, if you want to make $1,000, you won't last in my shop. Because a thousand dollar mentality is not going to take you where, where to your fullest potential. And he looked at me. He was like, "You think I can make more than a thousand dollars?" I said, "I think you're crazy if you don't make more than a thousand dollars, bro." I said, "Look, I promise you, you're going to make more than a thousand dollars." Dude takes on almost three racks a week now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And oh, so, in your shop, in, 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 I, I hope I don't cause you to just completely lose that thought. But hearing yeah. that, I'm curious to know what is your shop price point and how do you have them operate as barbers? Because obviously, pricing and speed of cut and all of that is a is a ongoing conversation that's never sure. going to end, right? But sure. how do you do it in your shop? So I keep it very simple, right? My pricing for a haircut is is thirty five dollars. It starts and look at that. Blake made a thousand in a day. Five. So so it starts at thirty five dollars for regular haircut. A kid's haircut is twenty five dollars. Okay, a senior's haircut is fifteen dollars, and and then I have cleanups and stuff for like five ten dollars in between there. So, so hearing those prices, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you you've shown numbers. Matter of fact, let me uh, let me pull this up yep. real quick. Um, let me see which one it is. You sent me a bunch of different things, but we'll, we'll even pull we'll pull this one up right here. Yep. So, seeing this, this is gross sales from 2021, 2022, 2023. Yep. So, these are your services. Mm-hmm. Almost a million in 2021. Over a million in 2022. Mm-hmm. Gonna hit over a million again in 2023. Yep. Um, you've done great in product sales, tips, yep. crushing yep. it there. Um, yep. it, this is the total. So over a million both of these years, basically a million there, yep. right? Yep. So hearing those numbers, I'm sure you've been seeing some of the responses that especially I've been getting because I, I tend to be the influencer or whatever. <laughs> um, you're saying $35 a cut, 25, 15, even some cleanups yep. for five, and you're still generating that type of yep. of, of money. And you have people coming on here saying, you know, I made a thousand dollars in a day. Yep. So so how do you explain that? Because we, we're in a time where there are a lot of people that think if they're hearing you say $25 for a kid's cut, they think you're the reason why the barber industry isn't growing. They hear Marvin Marvin getting 35, 40, 50 dollars for a cut. You're an influencer and that's all you get. You're holding the industry back. What are some of your thoughts when you so hear when, that type of stuff? When I hear that, it's it's there's valid there's valid reason to believe that. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to discredit what, what any barber is thinking because there's valid reason to believe that. Only because they haven't been educated to a different way of commission. Yeah. So number one, like I said, most people and, and you can read it in the comments. A lot of people will say 60, 40, 70, 30, 50, 50. That's yeah. how I started. As I started to grow and I started to learn. Now I have a moving scale. OK, so so depending on how much depending on how much they make determines how much they take. So this is why booking systems are so so important. And this is why I went to Vagaro because I needed a booking system that can handle a million dollars worth of, of transactions. By the way, we're all legal. Everything is ran all through one system. There's no hiding money under the, under the, none of that jazz. You know what I'm saying? So a booking system is so important because we're producing 30 minute haircuts. Okay. 30 minute haircuts. 
And then for a haircut and a shave with the steam towel, you're looking at 50 bucks, and then that's 45 minutes. Okay. So now here's the deal. The how much you how much you uh make determines how much you take. Okay. The the number one reason why a lot of people are so that I feel that a lot of people are so man, I'm not gonna give up commission. That's because you met an owner who has not educated himself on how commission can benefit him and how it can benefit the barber. That's yeah, the number an owner one. that's just thinking about how can I you know, yeah. get the most I can get, you know, yeah. because it typically is somebody that tries booth rent, sees that there's not a, as much money as they thought in booth rent. Yeah, so now yeah. they're like, all right, I'm going to switch the commission. It's going to make me more money, but they're still not educated on really how to run the business. So now it's more money coming in, but not the changes that need to be seen or not the, the business structure that's going to be beneficial. So then people are still just like, all right, what, what, what the hell is this? You know, the, the other part is, is you got to ask yourself, okay, well, what service or what area am I accommodating? If you're in a neighborhood where there's 10 barbershops, more than likely that's an area where, and let's just call it a spade for a spade. If there's 10 barbershops down one strip, you're in a low income area. I don't care yeah. what anybody says. That's just what it is. You're in a low demographic area. Nothing against it. Nothing against it. That's you just can, a reality. That's just your reality. Yeah, so why, why, Marv, why would you go and work in the, why would you go play in the same playground as everybody else, then go up the street and go create your own playground? That was my mentality. I said, why am I in a playground with everybody when I can go create my own? I can go yeah. create my own park. So yeah. if you're in, a, in an area where it's limited, then you're dealing with an owner who's limited. Okay. And, and so what I did was I said, okay, in order for me to really make this money, I'm going to have to go and learn money. So I started to learn money as an owner, right? In business. Then I went, let me tell you, as much as we knock it, and I'm saying we, as much as we knock tune up, as much as we knock sports clips, as not much as we knock great cuts and all of these other things, the reality is they got it, thousands of stores, bro. Period. <laughs> yeah. Period. And Back. that's around. And guess who's running all of their joints? Cosmetologists are. And you yeah. know why cosmetologists are running it? Because cosmetologists, they cut faster hair than most men. They push more sales than most men. And they have a lot more better customer service, more better. They have a lot better customer service than men, period. That's just what it is. I'm not saying they're better than men. I'm saying that when it comes to a business and being profitable, they know what business, know, the business knows who to go after and who to target. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's the reason why they're always going to be in business is there's always going to be a turnaround and they're always going to have people in their chair where barbers, we think, hey, we arrived. And just because you got this dope clipper and you can put out a blurry fade with a nice edge up on it, you know, you think you you arrived. No, here's the reality. As much as all the tune ups. So what I personally do, I'm going to give you guys some free game. What I do is I go and I find the tune ups. Why? Because when a tune-up, when they mess up your hair, don't worry, Vinny's is going to be right here to clean it up. I'm going to ride the wave of tune-ups marketing. I'm going to ride the wave of tune-ups pricing. I'm going to ride the wave. Tune-up is the name of a. Uh, it's the name of. Yeah. So a tune-up here in Texas is is like a sports like clip. Sports clips. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So so anywhere you see a tune-up here in Texas, I can guarantee you there's money all around me mm. because tune-up never opens up a franchise where there's no money. Period. It, so so and hold your thought, please don't lose it. But I, I just yeah. need to point out that that I love that because you're you're doing your best to model success. And it's interesting because in our industry, for some reason, for some reason, we will we talk down about a sports clips or a great clips or a super cuts. And 
I, I can understand why, right? I, I can understand why, especially, you know, being a barber and coming up in the barber culture, I had some of the same beliefs as to, to why you, you might look and say, oh, go get jacked up at Supercuts, right? Yeah. But then the more you grow and evolve and you start to look at business for what it is, bro, these places have thousands of stores. They have a proof of concept that's been able to be duplicated successfully thousands of times. Yep. So why wouldn't we want to look at how they're doing their business, how they're operating, how they're marketing, how they're conducting their services, what they're doing? Why wouldn't we want to look at that, ask ourselves how we can model it, right? Do it similar, similarly, but add our own flair and spice to it and do it a little bit better. Like why, why wouldn't we want to do that rather than just looking at these places and, and just throw shade at them constantly, yep. you know? And, and that, that's why I, I say that. Cause I love the fact that you were like, you know what? I look at tune-ups. I see what tune-ups is doing. You, 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 you see success these clues, bro. Like you're looking at their blueprint and you're like, all right, bet. It's just like when people join my social media course, I'm giving you the blueprint. You take it, you just follow the steps, you do it. It, it you can add your own flair to it, but it will work as long as you follow the blueprint. So I just love how you yeah. have uh have had enough insight to do that, to look at tune up, to model them, to add your own flair to it. And I hope a lot of you guys that are tapped in right now, you 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 develop that insight sooner than I did, sooner than Vinny did. And you just right, right out the gate, start looking at um, businesses and, and, and marketing strategies and all different types of things that have been successful that, and just follow their blueprint. And you'll be surprised at how much quicker you can achieve some of your goals. So I hope I didn't, but I just needed to say that. No, you have to. And you know, but, but at the same time, as much as we'll knock it, we'll go, <laughs> we'll go with that same mentality and go give your money to Starbucks. Why not give it a 7-Eleven? Yeah. You know what I mean? Why not? 7-Eleven is just as successful as Starbucks, but instead we'll go to Starbucks because it's Starbucks. Well, yeah. that's the same concept that most people have with us as barbers. So why not? Why would I not go to sports clips? They've never done me wrong other than an, an inconsistent haircut, but I still get my haircut and it's in and out. That's the number one thing. And, and listen, here's the other thing. Any successful person, time is money. So we as barbers always say, hey, we're successful. Time is money. Well, if a client thinks the same way, why do you hold them hostage in a chair? I teach them, let's get them in and get them out. So how are we going to scale our pricing? What we do is whatever their, their pricing is. Let's say their pricing is um, $35 for a haircut. I'm going to yeah. match their pricing at $35 a haircut. But I'm going to give them a different ambiance, the client, a different ambiance. I'm going to service them. I'm going to give them booking links. They're going to have a, a, a haircut that's customized to their liking of what they what they like. Um, we're going to – and then this is what I tell my guys. I say, listen, our goal is, is to match at least their haircut price. And then our service – Get some. Yeah, just crush them with service. Crush them with service and do our best to deliver what we think will be a higher quality haircut. That's it. So, so now, so now it's, a, it's, a, it's a bargain. Like, So me and Andy, authentic, I don't know if you tapped into our yeah, live. Yeah, yeah, it was great uh, live. One, one of his points, which uh, he was just like, Marv, you know why you want to be a bargain? You know, you're, you're Marvy Marv. You can be getting more per cut and all of that. Yeah. And he said, you're a bargain. And I'm like, I know. Right. And then we moved on talking about some other stuff. But when I watched it back and I thought about it, I'm like, that that I love being in that position where when you hand me whatever you hand me, you feel good handing me your money because you feel like you got a deal. So that's how I try to price all of my stuff, whether I'm selling hats online, T-shirts, my course, whatever I'm doing. I'm always trying to whatever price point I'm selling it at. I want you to, to get back 
10 times the value of that. So saying that, I love how you're like, you know, we're going to master pricing and then yep. we're going to crush them with the service. We're going to crush them with the quality of haircut. So that way, when they're spending the money, they're like, yo, this was a deal. And then now you got them. They're, not, they're, well, they're just going to keep coming back. But because of that mentality, this is what happens as well. Now they feel that they got a deal. Now they don't mind giving you more free money. Yeah. And that's why our tips are the way that they are. I tell yeah. my guys, listen, we're not looking to get rich off the service. They're like, Vin, you know, uh, one time they came up where they were like, Vin, we, I think we need to raise our prices. And I was like, okay, hey, y'all want to raise the prices? Let's go. We can raise the prices. But essentially, this is what's going to happen. <clears throat> Excuse me. I said, you're going to raise the pricing. I'm going to make more money and you're going to wind up making less. And I said, how? And I said, because it, guess where that money is going to go? Whatever tip money that they're used to giving you, you're mm -hmm. going to say, Vinny, I want to give you some more money and I want to make less money. That's essentially yeah. what we're going to do when we raise our pricing right now. Yeah. And they were like, no, nah, I'll leave it the same. Bro, listen, whatever my barbers are paying me out in commission, they're making it back in tips. Mm. That's why you the numbers are there. You can see it. You know what yeah, I'm you saying? You said, um, you said, uh, let me see. I wrote it down. You said yeah. something along the lines of your tip money reflects your level of service. Absolutely. So, 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 so from your perspective, you're, you're like, all right, we're going to crush them on service. So that way, like you said, whatever you're paying in commission, you're just getting back in tips anyway. That's it. So you're not, it's, you're not really missing out on anything. Nope. Now, if you're a barber, who would you rather work with? With old Joe blow down the street that doesn't give you any tip money and does the minimal to get by, or you're going to go work with a guy like Benny that says, Hey, I want you to make all this tip money back that you're going to give me in commission. You know, just to show you guys real quick, this is coming from somebody, regardless of how you feel about what he's saying. Um, yeah, numbers, don't lie. numbers don't lie, Marv. You can pull yeah. it up. You know and, I mean? and I pulled up some earlier, so I, you know, I pulled this up too. I'm trying to see how to, how do I, okay, there we go. Um, you can see that bigger, right? Yeah, that was um, with Squire. Yep. Yep. So this was uh, when he was with Squire. Shout out to Squire. Yep. Uh, that's family right there. Total gross sales over a million. Over, uh, over a million. This one right here, this is, I believe, um, this year, right? Is this this year? That was, uh, no, I think that's no, that 2021, but still yeah. almost a million, right? Yeah. So it, 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 the reason I'm showing you guys that is because regardless of how you feel, regardless of what your feelings or your emotions are telling you about how Vinny is breaking down, how he's conducting uh, his barbershop out in Texas and how he's he's running things, though those numbers, they they're, they're not lying. You know what I mean? Like, regardless if you feel like he, these prices are too low, no, you shouldn't do the commission or whatever your thoughts are, these numbers don't lie. And he's doing a million dollars plus through his barbershop. He told me that he has half of his barbers are making over 100K per year. And just so you guys are clear, in our America as a whole, it's like one or two out of 10 people make that. A year, right? Yep. And in and in the barber industry, I would argue that the the, the percentage is is super low that make over a hundred k per year. And I know we like to throw around all these crazy numbers nowadays: hundred dollars cut, two hundred dollars cut, twenty thousand dollars a month, and all that. But the truth is, there's a very low number of barbers who get to that point. And the way Vinny is conducting business, the way he's got it structured, the way he's he's handling it, has led to him having six, seven barbers cracking that six figure. Uh, threshold in a commission-based shop. So I, I, I'm hoping I'm dispelling, or we're dispelling, and Vinny's dispelling some of uh, the, the myths that you guys may have uh, believed about barbering. Because, listen, guys, I back when I first started, I, I, if you would have told me 
some of the stuff that Vinny has been able to do and some of the numbers that he has been able to pull up with receipts, right? He said, more receipts, my type of guy. I probably would have been like, nah, that's nah, that's nah, I don't know. They're making over 100K and they're paying commitment. I don't know about that. You know what I mean? So hopefully this is uh, helpful for you guys. Um, Vinny, before you continue on with your uh, thought, um, Barbers, if you haven't done so already, make sure you follow Vinny at some point, maybe take a screenshot of this, right? So that way you can remember his username and follow him on Instagram. If you're enjoying the conversation, make sure you subscribe to the channel. So that way uh, you can get the notifications and be up to date with whenever Marvy Marv is doing dope conversations um, like this. Also ask questions. I'm saving questions and I'm looking through them to see if we're answering some of them. Once we don't get to, I'll make sure we answer at some point. So ask questions that have to do with anything uh, at any time and feel free to um, take a screenshot and share this to your story to let people know that we're over here. Uh, Vinny's over here dropping game and uh, giving y'all some, some good insight. So uh, hopefully you remember what you're about to say before yeah, I went no, on that. Yeah, did the so, housekeeping. <coughs> excuse me. Um, so, the biggest thing in our industry, what it seems like one of the biggest things right now in our industry is barbers making a hundred thousand dollars, right? <laughs> Excuse me, Mark. It's that is so attainable. Yeah. It is it is like very, very easy to be honest with you guys. It's very easy. And listen, if you're the guy making a hundred thousand, you're like, yo, what he's saying is true. If you're the guy not making a hundred thousand because you want to, but you haven't found the right shop, then that's where the hating starts to come in, right? That's just the nature of the business, guys. I'm not throwing shade on nobody. That's just what the business is. Yeah. But here's a crazy, you want to hear another crazy stat? Watch this. We're one shop, one shop, 12 barbers producing over a million dollars a year. One shop. I'm not saying they're not out there, but I have yet to meet one shop that can make a million dollars. Okay. Statistically, 1% of the industry in the hair industry, 1% of shop owners make or have a shop that is over a million dollars in our industry. 1% of that 1% are women that make a million dollars in our industry. Mm. That is a that is so so little. That number is very, 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 very small. Very small. One percent of our industry of a barbershop. Think about this, guys, a barbershop or a salon. One percent of you are only making a million dollars. I don't want to say only, are making a yeah. million dollars. Yeah. And then one percent of that is women. Yeah. So we're so focused on a hundred thousand dollars. A hundred thousand dollars should be, we should be banging that out. I mean, you, you know, we scream inflation, like learn economics guys. Come on. It's not hard get a calculator, get, learn some math. It's, this is, we're talking just general numbers here. Get your amount of hours that you work in a week and then turn around and, and times that by the amount of, of, of people that you're cutting for the price you're cutting and then factor in your tips. And then the reality is, is what it is, is if you're not making it, check your service. Check your demographics. How are you dressed? How are ambiance sales, man? Are you clean cut? Do you stink? Does your breast stink? Are you high? Are your pants? Are your butt showing? Do you got your pants lifted up? Are you wearing a belt? Do your underarms smell? Do you know chair etiquette? How are you draping them? How are you? I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Andy was hitting the last night. He's like, you know, we don't even sanitize anymore. We don't even spray our clippers. We don't even do all of these things. There's so many factors that people appreciate that we overlook. So question, Vinny, because uh, being good with all of that, right, like implementing all of that is great because it's going to help your business grow. It's going to help you 
um, you know, pr provide a, a good spot for people to go to that they enjoy to go to. So because of that, uh, it will help a lot with word of mouth, right? Because when people go places, they have a good time, they get a great haircut, they're treated um, good, right? It's professionally ran. They tell other people, right? So carrying yourself in that way as a shop is a great marketing strategy because it's going to help with the word of mouth part of it, right? But right. aside from that, um, Gabe asked, Vinny, do you have a marketing team or do you do the marketing strategy? So, so I would like for you to dive into some of that and then yeah. just maybe give us some insight as to what you do as far as marketing outside of just doing your best to make the business the best it can be. Sure. So, so, and that's a great question, Gabe, and I'm glad that you asked that because a lot of people want to know how do you get people in the door, right? And Marv, you hit the nail on the head. <clears throat> uh, you, word of mouth is always going to be your best advertisement, period. Does not matter. You attract what you are. Mm -hmm. You will attract what you are, not who you are. A lot of you fake who you are. That's the world you live in, who you want to be, who Besides, you are. man. But, Yo, but bro. <laughs> what you are, what you are will always surface. So you're mm -hmm. going to attract what you are. If you're a liar, you're going to attract a liar. You're a thief, you're going to attract a thief. If you're a businessman, you're going to attract businessmen. If you're professional, you're going to attract professional people. So word of mouth is always going to get you that. That's number one. Number two, what I did is I said, how do I get people in the door? This is what I did early in my career and I stuck with it. And then I started developing it. Um, when I was in construction, I always seen the suits. We would call them the suits. They would walk in and they always had a briefcase. That's when I carried briefcase back then, whatever. I'm showing my age, but they would have a briefcase back then. Right. And they would walk in and they had the clean collar shirt starts. You know what I'm saying? Start sleeve. They always had a nice timepiece, and their shoes were always polished. That's just what it was, right? That's mm -hmm. just what it was. So what I did, Marv, is I said, okay, where are they? And oh, and they always walked in with a cup of coffee. So I'm like, okay, these guys, they look clean. They probably got their clothes at the cleaners. Their shoes are always clean. That means they're always taking care of the shoe doctors or whatever. You know, somebody's shining them shoes. I don't know where, but somebody's shining them. And then they always have a cup of coffee. So what I did early in my career, and by the way, for my first year of barbering, all I did was cut children's. No one trusted me to cut their actual hair. So I said, where are these guys getting this at? Where did what are these guys doing? So I went to the I went to this coffee joint and I went to the um the cleaners and then I would go and hang out at the breakfast joints. The Denny's, the IHOPs, those are the older men that had time to get away and do that, right? Whenever I started to market to them, they wanted to come and get a haircut, but they didn't want to go in the hood. Rightfully mm -hmm. so. Why would you want to go in there, you know, in the hood and you got a Mercedes Benz and you're afraid you're going to get jacked? Let's call a spade for a spade, bro. We don't yeah, even it's want funny. Uh, the other the other day with Andy, he was like, you know, John don't come to the hood. He don't come to my shop. Like, <laughs> he don't girl, come here. He go to the salon. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. Yeah, John, yo, shout out to John, man. I don't shout even know. John and my boy Kevin. The Kevin's John. a character that got <laughs> created, too. <laughs> my boy was getting so much heat. But anyway, so what I started to do, I'm saying that to, to, to lay you a foundation. What I did was I I went with that mentality and when I developed my shop okay when I built my shop out and I started to get money I put the floors like New York where it looked like the bathroom you know and you guys can go on my IG and you can see the the, the the chairs and stuff and then I bought skateboards a bunch of different skateboards and we put those on a chair where the kids sit on and so when the kid walks in he can pick their skateboard that he wants Right. And then so the skateboard, New York was the floors, skateboards were the West Coast. And then in the South, I just got it to where, you know, we just got the Southern hospitality. So no matter who you were, when you walked in the shop, you felt like you were at home. I'm saying that to say this. A guy walks in 
and he quit his corporate job doing marketing. Right. And he quit and he was like, bro, do you skate? And I was like, look at me. You think I skate? I ain't nothing about me that skates, bro. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting on no skateboard. Right. So <clears throat> he says, hey, man, if you ever need some marketing, man, let me know. And I hook you up. And I was like, OK, well, let's talk about it. So we started to talk about it, Mark. This guy gave he got my numbers and mm. he got my reviews. Now, before I went to this guy, the one thing that I would always do is I would always tell a client and you guys Barbers and owners take this. You can run with this. I always tell them, hey, if you don't mind, leave me a review on Yelp. Leave me a review on Google so that way somebody can find this the same way you did. Mm -hmm. Love that. And, and they don't mind doing it at all. So I started to develop all of my Yelp and Google reviews as the years went on. When he came in, he seen that I had some good positive foundation where I could really start to build on my reviews and, and marketing and bringing people in. And so he used the reviews as that first thing. And so he went in there and he started, you know, um, just doing keywords on Google, whatnot and everything. And so then people started finding us left and right. People started to find us. So I pay this gentleman a monthly fee every month. And what he does in return is he gives me a graph and then when those graphs with those graphs, I'm able to tell, uh, how many phone calls I get. I'm able to tell how many people clicked on my website. I'm able to tell how many people click directions to my shop. I'm able to see um, the, the duration of a phone call. I'm able to see their, their zip codes and, and everything that it needs. Now, what I do is whenever I get those, I break those numbers down. Okay. For an example, let's say, uh, yeah, there like you here's go. Here's an example of uh, some reported calls. Okay, so so look, if you guys, you can see Texas, Texas, New Mexico, Texas, California, Florida, right? What I do is I'm looking at my area, right? And I'm saying, okay, 832, 832. That's not my area where I'm at, where I'm servicing. My area is 936. 832 is further in the city. Yeah. So I'm saying I'm getting people from the city that are calling me up and it's four minutes and 12 seconds, three minutes and 56 seconds, three minutes and 10 seconds, two minutes, 53. And you go down. What that is, is that these people, the four minutes, these people are calling me and they're saying, hey, how can I book with you guys? I know that is in four minutes. I can get a client that's going to give me thirty five to fifty dollars no matter what. And then I start breaking it down. So now I look at New Mexico and then I look at California and I look at Florida. What does that tell me? That tells me that my area is still growing. So I break these numbers down. I show these numbers to the, to the team. And then I'm telling them, hey, guys, look, what is this one? This one says map directions to my facility. OK, so the last month, this was for what are we in? We're in September. So this was August. Right. So in yeah. August, we had 756 people that clicked on my website to get directions to to uh, our, our facility. OK, the month before we had 614. Now, mind you, I've been in this area going on four years and we're still growing to 23 percent where people are clicking on this. OK, this one right here is telling you um, this is Google report, your metrics, right? Total research this month, 18,797 interactions with my mm. business. Mm. Now, watch this, Mark. If you get 18,000 guys, listen to me. If you have numbers, numbers don't lie again, right? So the organic searches were 10,000. Let's just go off of 10,000. If you get 10,600, if I'm going too fast, slow me down because I get really excited about nah, it. you good. What he's showing you guys is how important Google is for your business. Oh, and we all great. love social media. We love it. And yes. I always tell barbers that social media is great for you can obviously get clientele and get clients through social media. But what I love social media for is to be able to expand the brand yes. and reach people globally it, because we don't necessarily need it to get clientele. If you can, 
bro, if you can do Google, you do Facebook, Yelp, you just even just Google in a yeah. way that Vinny's doing Google right now, you don't even need social media to attract clientele. So then you can use social media, how I use social media to do other stuff and expand the brand. And then you can worry about getting clients to your shop using Google. So, uh, absolutely, absolutely. So what I tell people, look, let's say, and I'm going to piggyback off of that real quick, uh, Mark, but 10,600 people, let's just call it 10,000. Okay. If you get 10,000 people that are engaged into your location, 10,000 people, divide that by however many barbers you have. We have 12. Get 10,000 barb or 10,000 people that are engaged and want to come and support you in your business. You divide that by 12. That's 833 potential clients per barber mm. per month. Listen, last month alone, last month alone, we had 600 new clients, bro. Mm. 600 new clients. Mm. So, so if you get that, okay, so what, look, those are your impressions, 22,600, right? 798 clicks, local action, 629, 56 calls. That's all for last month. That's all for last month. So listen, if you get 833 and then let's say you get 10% of 800, bro, that's 80 people. That's 80 people, right? 80 people do 80 people can keep, can get you hundred K a year, year after year after year after year after year after year. After year and it don't stop. So if you're getting 600 new clients, okay, so here's to your point, Marv. I want to piggyback real quick. Mm -hmm. I use Google and Yelp to get clients in the door. I don't use social media. I love the way you you didn't really call me out, Marv. It was funny. My wife and I, we laugh about it all the time. We're like, yo, Marv said he's got a thousand followers. And I'm like, dude, you know, (laughs) followers help bring awareness. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was interesting because when I share that, my intention, because one of my my the things I'm working to debunk is the idea that people that have a lot of followers are the the ones that we need to listen to. And the people that don't have a lot of followers, they're what they're saying doesn't hold weight. Like there's been this perception that's been created in the whole world. If you got a blue check, if you got a whole bunch of followers, it's like you're, you're the authority. So whatever you say when it comes to anything is like, we're going to listen. Whereas somebody with a lower number of followers, it's kind of like, it, it can take away, right? So when yeah. I'm sharing that, I, I under I, there one guy got he really misinterpreted it. He came at me a little sideways and stuff. But I, I, when I'm sharing it, I'm sharing it because what I was trying to say is just because you don't have a lot of followers, that that doesn't mean you don't tap in, right? Because even when you think about it, right now we got over over a hundred people watching, right? Oh, wow. But when I have people with bigger followings, more people watch because they just assume. For whatever reason, so that's why I'm working so hard to debunk that myth. Like, guys, don't judge how you feel about this based on the number of followers. Like, tune in, listen to what he has to say, and then judge it based off of that. And I'm trying to help debunk that myth. So that's well, why I shared that. And some people, the one guy absolutely. specifically, he was like, he was like, "Yo, don't be hating because just because you got big following." I'm like, no, that's. That's actually, I'm trying to debunk that. Yeah, like, yeah. Vinny did it over a million in sales through a shop last year. I didn't do that. I'm trying <laughs> to get the game too. I'm trying to learn too. And I'm trying to use my platform to be able to get his voice out to people because clearly this man knows a whole lot of things that I don't and a lot of people don't. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that, that's why I shared that. No, it was cool because it was like, you know, my wife and I, we laugh because it's like, Damn, she goes, babe, you've been you've been working this IG page forever. And then I broke those numbers down and then I posted and I was like, dude, I'm getting like 0.8 followers a day over six years. of." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember sharing that. I seen that. (laughs) It was horrible, which I've been getting more followers, by the way, if that helps anybody. But anyway, um, uh, my point is, is Google and Yelp help bring money. Okay, 
Instagram helps you make money, yeah. right? It, it's an individual type of thing. And let me well, tell it you, it depends my- on the depends on the business, right? Because there you go, right? And that's why I always tell people use social media to expand expand globally. I always I always use the example, right? If I was going to offer everybody tapped in right now, if I was going to say to you, you can come to Marvy Marv once a week for the rest of the year, and I'll cut your hair for five bucks. As much as everybody that watches this would want to do it. They're not going to be able to That's just right. simply because of you're all over the world, right? Whereas mm-hmm. if Marvin Marv said, hey, if you want to pick up this hat, go to the barber store. Hey, you want to join my interact social media course? Go to uh, itsmarvymarv.com. And everybody that watches this could take advantage of that, right? So that's why I'm a huge advocate of, of saying, yeah, we can use social media to help you get clients. And that could yeah. be a byproduct of what you're right. doing on social media. But you don't need it. If anything, you can use social media to scale beyond the your local city, beyond the chair, and, and and earn income in other ways, right? That's what social media can help you with. And it could, again, with clientele and stuff like that for a local business, sure. But if you spend some money, time, and energy into investing in the things like Google and right. Yelp and yes. stuff like that, you you'll be amazed at how many times your phone will ring, how many times people are searching for directions, way more than you doing some of these crazy videos or crazy content for social media. Yeah, you'll get likes from barbers, you'll get fire emojis, you might get a viral video, you'll feel good, but yeah. are you getting customers from it? Probably right. not. You might put 10, 20 bucks, 30 bucks into a boost in a post, you're going to get customers from it? Most likely not. But if you take that same 20, 30 bucks and throw it into a Google ad per day, bro, you're going to have four, five, six, seven, eight calls a day of people trying to come see you. And next thing you know, your clientele book for the shop is is, is booming. So I hope I didn't. No, 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 no. Train no, no, that's true because like, look, let's call it, let's call a spade for a spade, right? I just broke down numbers for you guys where you can have potential 800 clients per barber a month, right? Off of Google and Yelp. If you go to my page before I started getting followers, it was like 1,200 or whatever, 1,500, right? And you divide that by 12, <laughs> would you be happier with me giving you potential 800 or if you break down my followers on IG to 100, 100 per barber, right? Yeah. Heck yeah. As an owner, I'm going to go and do what's good for you and your family and what's good for me as an owner so I can make a profit. Right. So social media is cool. Social media helps me bring awareness to a lot of you. Like it, I don't, look, if there is a hundred, guess what, Marv? These guys are probably going to be the one percent of the one percent that are making. I love it. it. That's you, know what, what you, know, you guys here says so much about the type of person you are, and that's what my brand and what I'm doing is about. That's what matters, bro. Like I'm about the the the. To, to, to speak into the people who are ready to take the action. You know what I'm saying? So when you guys are looking and you're thinking like, how is there only a hundred people in here? Don't even worry about that number. Right. Just worry about what is being discussed. Take notes and be ready. More importantly to implement because I, Vinny's done gave a lot of game already as far as team building, running a shop, creating a great a- atmosphere. He shared, you know, different business tips and explained his structure. And now he's going in and I know he's got even more uh, uh, thoughts when it comes to his marketing and all of that. So th- this this information right here is so valuable. And I just want you guys to understand that and, and not think it's not valuable because only 100 people are watching or because um, it's getting, being given to you for free. 
right? Yeah. Like I always tell people, uh, imagine you spent $10,000 to tune into this. Imagine this is a mastermind that you're tuning into and you spent $10,000 to be here. At the end of the day, you're in, in, in listening to a conversation where somebody who's generated a million dollars in sales a couple, a few times, not just once, a few times is given game on how exactly how he did it, being vulnerable, sharing all of it, the information. That's valuable. People will pay a lot of money that for that. So make sure you're you're taking this and, and doing something with it. Yeah, no, definitely. You don't you don't want this to just fall down and and you know not not get anything out of it. You know what I mean? And so the the, the whole thing is is that you, you those who are willing to to help, man. I don't want to say take advantage of it because that sounds mean sometimes, but really take advantage of it. Take advantage of the opportunity. Take advantage of the opportunity. Like so when when I had this opportunity with you, Marv, right? Um what you think? I was going to shy away? Heck no. Bro, this is six years I've been working to prove to the industry that you can do this with no followers. I'm not hip. I'm not trendy. I'm getting old. You know what I mean? I, I got kids that are that are 26, 19, 18, 17, going to be 17. I got, you know, the, the list goes on and on and on, bro. But the reality is, though, is that barbering has helped me get to a point to where it can become very successful. On top of that, I've seen my team with me that is very successful. I got 12. Listen, um, John and I, we always talk about this. Like, bro, we, we, we got some dogs in the fight. We're underdogs, bro. We are the underdogs of the industry, so to speak. We're the ones that none of us have a following. None of us really are trendy and hip. I mean, except for one of my guys. That dude got some dope shoes and dope hats every single day. Achilles, every time he comes in, I just take my head. The Rizzler, as the young kids would say. So his swag is crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it it pissed me off how how trendy I'm not when I look at him. I just want to just tell him to go home. But anyway, you know, um, I see them winning and I see the team winning. And, and on top of that, it's like, you see their families winning. you know what I mean? And now my son, Marv is able to come in and he's learning business, bro. Listen, because of my, my interaction with my clients in developing this type of clientele, RG three is one of our clients, right? RG three, the quarterback, right? Yep. He's one of our clients. And a lot of people are like, yo, bro, what are you doing with RG three? Like, how y'all going to work that? I was like, man, look, you, y'all worried about the wrong thing, man. Listen, RG3 is buying his house. And I'm not throwing shade on RG3, but RG3 is buying his $3 million house from my client that Chuck cuts. And and he's the one that turned on RG3 to his house. So who do you think has the most money? My client or RG3? Y'all sleeping on it, man. And and again, I'm not knocking knocking athletes, but it's just what it is. Like some of the richest people that you know are right underneath your nose. Okay. Yeah, and you don't even have a clue. You don't even know it. You don't even yeah. know it. And you know, and so marketing has helped me develop a a certain demographic. Okay. I'm gonna be another transparent moment. My rent for my building is six thousand dollars a month. Six thousand dollars a month is what I pay for my building. Six thousand dollars a month, bro, for one yeah. location. That's that's a nice little pretty penny. Six G's. You know what? Most shop owners are paying twenty two, twenty five hundred dollars. I can get three of those. And, and if I can run one with 12 barbers and make a million, what the heck do you think I can do with two locations? What do you think I can do with three locations with two thousand dollars a month in rent? Bro, I will turn around and flip the game so fast. And this is what I tell all of my, my guys that reach out to me. Bro, listen, just because you're paying two grand, bro, you can pay two grand. And make that the top dog in the on, on the yard, bro. You can yeah. be that guy. You can market. You can look. St- 
stop spending money on Jordans for two or three months and put that into your business and marketing and watch and see how many, how much more you can buy Jordans. And by the way, another transparent moment, I just started to buy Jordans last year when I was 40 years old. So you mean to tell me you was investing in John Maxwell over buying some Jordans? Why would you, you imagine that? Who in the hell in the right you, Why would you invest in a John Maxwell book when you could get the <laughs> freshest Jordans, bro? You know, and, and so so with that being said, right, now there's programs out there that can help you, right? There are. Matter of fact, um, when I was on here live with um with you and Joe, Joe, right? That, that's his name. Yeah, Joe. Yep, Joe. Okay. I won. I didn't buy into his program. I won his program on watching your live. That's fire. I won his program. I didn't purchase it. I won it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm saying that to say because I didn't purchase Joe's Joe's um, uh, his program. Not, and I'm not knocking Joe's program at all. I was watching it and I still go through it and it's pretty cool. I won that. And that was a thousand dollar value. Yeah. And what's crazy is that he gave away three of those that day. Right. And then he came on the last time and gave away some books. John, my mentor, John. Bro, John gives me so much game, dog. I mean, it's 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 unreal how much game this dude gives me, man. Like, gives it to me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? In return, in return, bro, we developed an, a phenomenal relationship, man. Like, John is like my legit brother now. You know yeah. what I mean? And this is this is we're talking about John Mosley now, right? John Not John Mosley. Maxwell. John yeah. Mosley, yeah. Which which I have met Maxwell, by the way. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Maxwell, Eric Thomas, Deion Sanders. I met um, you know, I'm, I'm the list goes on of people that I've just positioned myself around. But John Mosley, you know, uh, he's a Naha Naha Educator of the Year, North America Hair Association. Most of us don't even know who what Naha is, right? What North is America Naha Hair. for for people who don't know? It's North America Hair Association. It's one of the biggest hair associations in the world. And he won Educator of the Year with that last year. He's he's Paul Mitchell's artistic director, global artistic director. He's the only one with Andis that actually collabed and made his own clipper. Yeah. This dude, this dude, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. But I'm saying that the depth of his knowledge that's there, and he gives me the game free. And you think I'm not going to turn around and give it to you guys? You think I'm not going to help you guys? Like, people that are like that, Marv, are just greedy, man. They're yeah. just greedy individuals, man. And that's why the industry struggles, man. So so uh, in the big picture, right, I get really excited about this because in the big picture. I love story, it, bro. I love it. What, what, what good is it going to do you to argue booth rent? What yeah. good is it going to do you to argue commission? At the end of the day, can you outservice me? Mm-hmm. And that should be the competition within the shop. Hey, let's see who can outservice who. Let's see who can go home with the most tips. And I guarantee you, you guys will build up such a a, a camaraderie in that shop that eventually, before before you start to hate, you're going to start high fiving, and you're going to be like, "Hey, you know what, bro? You can have this client. Hey, you know what? You can have that." One. It's to the point now, Marv. Listen, and I'm not bragging, but this is just kudos to my team, man. I, I man, it's it's Alex, Jared, Jonathan, Pia. Uh, Diana, Chuck, Nora, uh, Aquiles, KV, Mike, and Blake, and myself. It's to the point now, bro, where my team literally, when a walk-in comes in, we look at each other like, do anybody want it, bro? Because we're so freaking exhausted. <laughs> yeah, right. We've been, so we've been, getting, we've been so, cooking you know, all day. When a new guy comes in, you know what we do as a unit? We're like, yo, feed the new guy, bro. 
So yeah. the new guy comes in with no clientele. By the way, I don't want barbers with no clientele. I don't need your clientele. I have too much clientele. I mm-hmm. want you to come in and adapt to my culture and then learn my system. And then I can guarantee you, you're going to make so much money, bro. As a new barber, you can come in my barbershop week one, no clientele week one. And I guarantee you're going to go home with 12 to $1,500 mm-hmm. that first week. Oh, that's Hands fire. down. Hands down, bro. Twelve to fifty. Why? Because my team, my family, we sit there and we're like, "Yo, feed the kid, feed the kid, help the kid." And here's another thing for you, owner. Johnny said, "Let me know when you hiring." <laughs> yo, 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 it's great because so, so, so. What I'm gonna say real quick. Don't lose that thought, please. Sure. Uh, what I'm gonna say, guys, is you know, it, it's so funny because one of the common things I hear a lot in the industry is uh, people message me a lot and they're like, "Yo, Marv, how do you, how do you get barbers? How do you find barbers that come come work for you?" Right. And a, a lot of times it, it's tough for me to give that advice because my barbershop situation is such an anomaly, right? Like I've had the same people for years. Um, my barbers were clients of mine. I'm in New York state, so we can apprentice. So they were people that I were, was cutting um, for years before they got to a point where they want to try a new career. And I'm like, you know, have you ever thought about cutting? You know, I, I had a relationship with them. I knew they'd be able to make it because cutting hair is a skill that can be taught. So I knew they'd be a good barber just based on their character. Right. So I ended up apprenticing uh, a few clients. I got a, a dude I grew up with. He literally gave me my first job, right. As a new uh, paper, oh. I, I delivered newspapers. He gave me his route. Right. So, and then I had my younger cousin who I waited till he got of age. He always wanted to cut here. He got of age. He's an apprentice. So my situation is so different. I just had the same people. I haven't really had to go out and hire people like that. Right. But what I'm hearing Vinny say, he's talking about the vibe of his shop. He's talking about how they're a family. He's talking about how the barbers are a family. The clients are a family. He's talking about how they do their best to to provide the best service, right? I'm not really even hearing them talk about haircutting and the blurriest fades and, the, and all that. I'm not hearing them talk about that top-notch service. I'm hearing them talk about how he he markets the hell out of the shop through uh, Google, right? And, 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 and getting a lot of people to come through Google. He's talking about how he went to diners and, and uh, Denny's and stuff like that to recruit people, right? And he's sharing his process and he's, he's explaining how he's been able to build, right? And just with him saying this on this live, there's been a handful of people like, yo, I want to work for you, Vinny. Can, yeah. I, can I come work for you, Vinny? When are you hiring, Vinny? So uh, it, 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 what it speaks on to me is a, a lot of what Vinny was saying earlier. It all starts with the leadership, man. It starts with the leadership. And when you can carry yourself as a leader and you can and you can help not only yourself, but you can help the people around you and you can show the world that you're doing that, you build a place where you don't necessarily even have to go looking for barbers. They're going to come looking for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I hope yeah. for you guys that, that are tapped in that are thinking about opening the barbershop. And even for you guys that have a barbershop opened already that are, you know, obviously trying to be better overall. I hope you're taking a lot away from this. Cause I am too, right? I'm taking a lot away from this and, 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 and implement and, and do your best to be a better leader, right? Be a better business owner and, and provide a better environment and implement, and implement some of these marketing strategies. And uh, you, you guys, you, you, you shouldn't have no issue building a successful business. See, Vinny's giving all the game. I, I, I don't know. What do y'all think in the chat? Drop some gems if Vinny's dropping gems. <clears throat> There's a, um, the last time I was on there, I was speaking about KPIs, right? Key performance indicators. <clears throat> excuse me, in order for you to um, 
to grow your business. Everything that I gave you guys is a KPI. That's a key performance indicator. Your Google, your network, your pricing, your timing, your service, your your every, everything that you're doing is a KPI. Now, what does that mean, Mark? That means that when you come to my shop, there is a standard that I am not willing to compromise that standard with. Okay, so in my shop, I put you on a 90 day probation on that 90 day probation. It's going to determine if you are fit and cut to make the cut with us. Right now in my shop, the one thing that I always teach is do not ever go to somebody and tell them, yo, you messed this up and do not teach them how to fix it. Because that's that's a bully. You're a bully. That's all you are at that point. And one thing that I hate is a bully. Like I, I don't want to say, hey, I dislike a bully big time, right? Yeah, well, so you, you're a fool for that, Will. You got a link with Vinny too, Will. Vinny, make sure. I don't know if you guys have connected, but nah. uh, you guys definitely gotta connect. You guys are tapped into the same frequency. It, it, it'll be a beautiful relationship. You guys definitely gotta connect. Let's go, man. I, I would love to, man. And by the way, you know, thank you guys for following, man. I, I'm. Hey, I, I freak out, man, when somebody follows me and they got like 10,000 followers. I'm like, what? Somebody with 10,000 followers? Like, <laughs> you know, it's pretty cool. But anyway, um, I'm not lowering my standard, right? Yeah. I'm not lowering my standard. And as a team, we're not going to go over there and bully somebody. And the one thing that I always challenge my team is, is if you know where they're failing, do not come to me and just complain about it. Come to me with solutions. How are you helping that person? What are you doing to help this person succeed? And if you cannot do that, then don't come to me with it or I don't need you on my team. That's number one. Number two is in that 90 days, if they're not able to cut it, look, it's no hard feelings, bro. Where I'm at, where I'm at and where I'm going. Now, mind you, Marv, I told you at first, man, maybe this is a fluke. But the next year we hit it. Then the next year we hit it. Then the next year we hit it. And then I'm like, dang, this thing, it's not a fluke. This is not a fluke. I actually got something that works. Right. So because it works, I cannot allow people to just come in here and discredit all the hard work that everybody in my team, that everyone is putting into this and building up this this brand. Right. It's not fair that somebody come in and think that they're the one that's running my house. Listen, so you, what you're saying is you you cut the cancer quick. You'll cut oh, it out. I have no problem firing you. In the and, and let me tell you what else I do, by the way. So if you're an owner. How do you do it? How do you fire before oh, you uh, get into that? It's simple. So uh, I don't want to say it's simple. I don't want you to. Yeah, think it's, 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 it's uncomfortable, guys. I'm sure it's uncomfortable. Vinny's it it probably is. done it a handful of times, and I'm, I'm sure it's uncomfortable every time. So it's uncomfortable. So but What I do what, is, I, do do is I have, if you don't have a handbook, create a handbook. Now, I offer mentorship programs, but I, you know, at certain point we, we charge, you know, I charge you for, for this game, but I'm giving some of these, these tips to you free. Yeah, Cause it's time you have to, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if you're going to allocate time away That's from your business, you away from your family yes. guys, you know, don't expect everything for free. Right? Right. Like, Absolutely. So, uh, first and foremost, I let my managers handle it. I'm not yeah. a micromanager. I do not like to micromanage people. Now, just because I don't micromanage you does not mean I don't see what you're doing. Okay. So I, I am, I am very, very, very much aware of everything that's happening in my shop from a dirty window to hair in the corner to like, I'm on top of my shop. I don't micromanage because if I got a micromanage a manager, then why do I need you? Right. right. That's number one. Number two, we would never have the success that we have if I was always over there in charge of micromanaging. So my managers handle it first. And then if I need to get involved, then I will. Right. And so it's as simple as saying, Hey, you know what guys, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Unfortunately, you know, Hey, we had 90 days. You can't keep up with our demand. 
your haircuts. You're still worried about putting out a blurry fade. I don't need a blurry fade. I need that. That John, the number one on the side with a little bit off the top with the squared in the back. I need that. I don't need John sitting here waiting for 45 minutes when you can knock that crap out in 15 and then squeeze in another one at 15 <clears throat> in 15 minutes. You know what I mean? So what I tell the guys is this is, hey, it's just not a good fit. And it is what it is. Now, if somebody comes to me and they say, Vinny, I want to quit. I tell them, OK, well, there's no need to stop the bleeding or to, to keep bleeding out. Let's just stop it now. Go ahead and get your stuff. And I sign in their check. And then what I do is I'll throw them one hundred dollars, two hundred dollars on a side cash money. Yeah. I'll pay you to leave me. Mm. I will pay you to leave me because it's so you operate from a space of not needing anything. That's right. That's right. Like You're prepared to just. I, I'll figure it out. I, I, I'm not needy because that's where I think a lot of us struggle is like as a, as a um, it's as a people and it's in a lot of businesses, but especially in barbering, it's like I think there's a lot of owners that struggle with letting people go because they feel like they need them in order to cover the overhead. You know what I'm saying? In order to cover the expenses, stuff like that. So it's like us as an industry of shop owners will tolerate more than we know we should just because it's it's paying the bills where it would be better for everybody, yep. <laughs> not just for the owner in the shop, but even for the person that you're holding on to. It would be better if you just figure out how to cut ties sooner than later. Yeah. Well, so here's the other thing. Right. And and to your point, once you realize, listen, if all of my barbers were to leave me right now, Mark, I still make enough money to pay for all of my shop and hire a whole nother 12 or another 11. So I, I've become smart with money. You know what I mean? And I'm not the best, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sad. So, so how have you learned that when it comes to money? Is, is that more reading or is that mentorship? Like uh, where'd you acquire those skills? So I, I, you also have, I believe you said that you, you invest, you, like you got a construction company too, right? Or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I have a construction company and what we do is we build houses. I go around and invest in land. I, um, I'm very strategic of how I move my money around. So how and did you so, learn that? Who who provided that mentorship or where did you learn some of the, the, the I, I really started to read and learn economics. And and to be honest with you, I would listen to a lot of podcasts. I would listen to a lot of just shows in general that would come on YouTube. And for months, Do you have months, any specific like ones that stand out that you can remember? Because I know once you get in that that frequency, you just search in, you come across stuff. I get that, but are, are there any ones that like can stand out where you're like, oh, you know, I feel like this helped me a lot when it comes to money and finances. The ones that you guys have probably heard of them, but but uh, uh, Dave Ramsey, number one, right. Dave Ramsey, number one. Number two was was uh, Rich, 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 Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's it? Kawasaki? Robert or, Kawasaki or whatever. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. Robert with the K, Kawasaki. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Something like that. I got his books. Kawasaki years. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. that guy right there, he really opened up the whole concept of success. Right. The one thing that I do, Marv, in every move that I make, I never use my own money to make money. Yeah. Still to the day, I don't do that. I do. So, not. so what do you mean when you say that? Because people hear that and they're so, like, okay, well, whose who's money am I using? Are you using it? So here's an example, and I'm going to give you guys some more free game, right? I, I should draw the line at some point. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it, it's only 100 of you anyway, yeah. so we're all right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. you know, I've learned, and this is why it's funny, because uh, even with Basio, we were talking about it. It's 
I've like there. You just give it, bro. Like you give yeah. so much that if any any monetary returns, just like you do in the barbershop, any yeah. monetary return is gonna come because of the value that is is being created. Like even when me Abasio did the live, bro. Like because he has a mentorship. When he got off, I don't even want to tell you the amount of people that set up consultation calls, and he was given everything. He wasn't holding nothing back. You know, just like I try not to, and just like you're doing tonight. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's a beautiful thing because it's it's moving from a, a space of abundance where you're like, I'm just gonna give value, give value. Yeah. This is what Absolutely. got me where I am today, so I'm gonna keep yeah. giving it. I probably should stop. You know what I mean? I probably should because this is. But here's the free game. So free we appreciate you, bro. It's hope, right? Like again, yeah. I wanted to get I, my whole purpose of here is to give that guy hope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or that girl hope. So here's what I did, right? So in barbering, because we have been so successful at hiding our money, which is ridiculous, right? In order for you to make any type of living in this world, anything that really matters, a home, a car, and I mentioned on that the last time I was on there, but um, the credit, credit is king right there. Credit is king. So as a business, as a business, I did not have business credit. And so what I said was, I have to go and get to a point and grow my business to a point where my business can now have the credit, right? In barbering, let me tell you guys, barbering is so hard and most people hate barbers in terms of shopping centers and, and business owners, uh, uh, anything where it comes to barbering, they hate us because they always think we're lying and we're cheating. So this is why I love whenever you came out and challenged people to throw the receipts on there. Right. And so for me, I was like, look, I always told my wife, I said, if I ever get a business, I'm going to run that thing like it's a corporation. And that's what I started to do to do. And that's why I had no problem going in the next day and saying, that's it. We're going commission. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I've, I got to a point where I got an SBA loan. Now, let me tell you guys something. What if is an you, SBA loan for those that don't know? The Small Business Association. Right. Gotcha. It's, it's funded by the government. OK. Gotcha. If you can get a loan with the SBA, you can get a loan anywhere anywhere and believe me when i tell you that you can get a loan anywhere and so i said look the bank of america chase and all these other people they weren't giving me no play right and i said no i'm not even going to mess with them. i'm going straight for the juggler i'm going with the government give me the sba loan and so i winded up getting now here's another thing right if you're a minority you guys if you you work it right in those numbers you can get up to a million dollars loan a million dollar loan from the sba i took a quarter mil I got 250K. I turned around and I flipped it. Now, mind you, when I got the loan, I got the loan off of the money from the during the pandemic numbers. So the pandemic numbers is what helped me set up to get the SBA loan in 21. And then once they started to see my numbers where I was trending in 21, they were like, yeah, give this kid 250K. Now, I have a credit up to a million dollars. OK, now watch this. If my wife wanted to go and open up a barbershop. Or if she wanted to go open up a, a salon or a bookstore, whatever the case is, any type of business. If she wanted to go and open that up because she is my wife and she's riding off of my coattail with all of my credentials in my business that I can prove. Guess how much she gets? A million dollars, Marv. It's fire, bro. You're telling me my wife. Yo, so potentially we're millionaires. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Potential yeah. millionaire. So my wife can go open up a business with no credit, with no nothing. She can ride my numbers off of being her husband. She can qualify for a million. I can qualify for a million. You know what I can do with that, bro? I can get another hundred and fifty or two hundred fifty thousand. And we live in Texas, which I feel Texas is the best state to live in. You come in Texas, you get so much land that you can buy. You can turn around, flip the land. 
build you a house, cash money. You get the house, you flip that one, get you another house. And then you can lease these houses out. Then you can actually own the building and own the land where you can build up a shopping center. You can open up an academy, put the academy inside the school, and you don't have to go through all the paperwork. You know what I'm saying? Or put the academy inside the shop. You don't have to get all of the funding and, the, and all the paperwork for the shop or the schooling. If you wanted to open up a barber school, you can get, bro, it's, it's endless. It's endless now. So now what happens is I got 250K, right? You get 250K. Guess who pays the 250K back? The shop. I'm not even coming out of my own personal money. Mm -hmm. So I use the government's money based off of running a legit system of barbering, which is why, again, I, it's why it blows my mind whenever you guys are tripping out over commission and boot rent. You're crazy, bro. You're crazy. Set yourself up legally. Make some money. Have these tax write-offs. Go and get you a loan. When you get the loan, you use that money to flip money. And then you run into the whole Kiyosaki thing where you're saying, hey, you know what? I use other people's money to make me money. So now when you look at Vinny's assets, nobody knows what Vinny got, Mark. Nobody knows what I got because I don't talk about it. Mm. I gave you guys the game on how to do it with money in a business. I didn't give you the game on what Vinny does with his money. Mm, mm. You know what I'm saying? Barbers. Is Vinny snapping, bro? Drop <laughs> some fire emojis. Drop some gems. I love, bro. I love this. I love this. I love how you're breaking this down and sharing this for the barbers and, 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 and inspiring and, and uh, helping all of us that are tapped in. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, using money that's not yours. One of the ways that, um, you know, I do that. Like I, I got a whole bunch of credit cards, right? Oh, <laughs> and uh, people cool. always would say like, don't, you don't have the credit cards. They could, you know, mess you up and all of that. And for me, after making a few mistakes early on, I appreciate you too, the Desi Barber for the nine ninety nine. Appreciate everybody that has done the super chat. Thank you. Thank you guys for the love. We appreciate me and Vinny appreciate you. Um, but one of the things I like to do is with the, you know, after I made a few mistakes and end up getting putting too much on a credit card, taking long to pay it off, getting killed with the interest. Right. Um, and I, I, I learned from those mistakes. Now I, I keep my credit card balances super low or just nothing on them, but I love having the credit limits. Right. And I love having, um, the, the, the money on hand in case I ever need it for something. Right. So I always tell people uh, I have one of my credit cards. If I'm going to do an event and I'm buying some shirts or something or whatever, I just buy on the credit card and then I go, I make the money from the event, whatever I make, I come back with, I pay off the credit card and now I have the profit, right? So all of that, that profit that I made wasn't off of me investing my own money. I was using the credit cards money That's to it. get the product. To, to sell the product, get the profit. Now I keep the profit. I pay the credit card back off and I do it again. So, you know, that's a, that's another way you guys can use uh, other people's money to to yeah. create some well, profit. You just got to be careful with credit cards for sure. Well, then you, you get, get flyer up. miles, right? You get flyer miles. You get the yep. flyer I got travel cards. Get travel just started cards. learning some of this stuff, though. So I'm new yes. to all of that, too. And, and so that's what I did, Marvin. I went down that tunnel and I started to learn money. And I started yeah. to learn budgeting. And I started to learn. I just started to learn. Now. <clears throat> at the end of the day, none of this was going to be possible. It could have been. Don't get me wrong. It could have been. But with barbering, it helps so much. Barbering is a key, man. And I always tell people, like, if you're not a barber, if you want to be a barber and you haven't tapped into it because of a bootstrap or a commission, no, stop it. Stop the nonsense. Go over there. Next time, if you're a barber and you want to work for an owner, <clears throat> interview the owner. 
stop mm. buying into the facade of the shop. Buying so what do you say to that person, right? You say an interview the owner. It, what are some questions that you would ask? How would If you were a barber knowing what you know, right, and you're going to work for that shop and you're saying interview the owner, what are some of the questions you would ask the owner? Oh, what is the return on my investment? That's the number one thing because I'm an investment to him. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing you guys got to remember. You're an investment to that to that owner. So what is the return on my investment? What is the return? Meaning how much money can I expect to make? How much are you guys making annually? How much are you making quarterly? How much is the how much is your cheapest or not cheapest, but your newest barber? How much money is he making? How much money is your most seasoned barber making? And and let me know, because any real owner that actually gives a crap about you, he is not afraid to show you numbers. Now, I only show numbers on social media to show you it can be done. I don't I don't show numbers to brag. I don't do none of that stuff. I show numbers to show you this can be done. Now, you're talking about a guy who was homeless. So if you're a barber and you're going to that owner, <clears throat> you want to tell him, hey, what can you offer me? Are, are there uniforms? How much do I need to pay for the uniform? What is your retention rate? What type of booking system do you use? Am I going to have my own booking link? What type of uh, POS system are you using? What is the, the return on that? How, when can I expect um, to, to be freelancing on my own? What is there a probationary period? Do you have a handbook? Do you have policies and procedures? Do you have processes? What are these things that you're requiring from me? Are you a value added asset or are you a non-value added asset? You know, what type of who are you for me? Because mm. at the end of the day, I'm going to make you money just as much as you're going to make money for me. Mm, I love that. So if you're not willing that. to understand that you are bringing something to the table, barbers, just, and, and, and here's another thing. Please, please, please hear me when I say this. These new barbers that are coming out, man, more power to you. You guys have so much access to what we were limited to. But at the same time, don't be afraid to put in work, man. Yeah. Put in work, show up and cut some hair. Be the guy that's there for one year straight. All I did was cut children's hair. Yeah. One year, nobody trusts me. So if you're that guy and you're coming right out of school, you're out of your mind to think you're worth $75. You know, I heard you guys talking about uh, with Joe about an electrician. Let me tell you, the one thing to build out, no matter what or who you are, if you're building out a location, the one thing that you will pay for. And I don't care who it is. The one thing that you will pay for is an electrician. And believe me when I tell you, you don't want some apprentice electrician in there. You're going to want a master electrician to go in there and wire that place up right. Because if not, it's going to burn your place down. That one thing right there, I don't care what the ticket is. I'm, I know I'm going to have to pay for that electrician. Just because you got a barber's license yesterday does not mean you're that master barber, even though it says it on that license. You are not a master barber. Don't be afraid to put in your time. Don't be afraid to go and ask for help. And that's the one thing you can ask your owner. Listen, in my shop out of 12 of us, I think I have eight master barbers, if I'm not mistaken. Eight master barbers that work in my location, bro. Eight of them. So if you're a new barber, go over there and ask the owner, who are the master barbers? How many master barbers do you have? If he says none. That owner right there has full control of his barbers and he's a micromanager. He does not want to produce. He's not going to produce. He does not. He wants you for your money, period. I don't care what anybody says, bro. If you can get a shop full of master barbers, gentlemen that have experience, gentlemen that have family, gentlemen that understand what the game is and they choose to work for you, you better take care of that master barber. And if you can get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them. If you can get six to eight master barbers in your location, you're doing something right as an owner. And if you're a new barber, you want to work for that owner. I'm telling you, you want to work for that owner.
Mm. And and I, I love how you're saying, you know, work for the owner, because I, I think one of the things that me and Will talk about this all the time is how individualized we've become as an industry. And it's the whole, you know, be your own boss. Why work for somebody else when you could be building your own dreams? And I think the reality we need to just start pointing out more and more and more is that a lot of people would be a lot better off in a lot of instances working for a good company, for a good yeah. owner than they would be to try to do their own thing, right? They're, they're, it's the thinking of we want to have the full grape. We'd rather have the full grape than a slice of the, the watermelon, right? I love that quote. Bro. I love that quote too because it, it's that. so it's so true. And, and, and we it's a, it's ego driven right it's ego driven and then it's just uh overall ignorance right uh, of of just hearing some cliche quotes that sound good and and thinking that things are just going to be easy because people make it look easy on social media there's a lot of different factors but i i love how you say work for a, a good owner because a lot of you guys that are going to watch this you might just be the person that is Good working for a good company. You may never be the shop owner. You don't have to be. You may never own a suite. You may never have to do that. You might not have to be, and you might be a lot happier working for the good owner. I remember Kevin Durant came out one time and said something about like he's not the leader or he's not like the number one or something. He said something. He got a lot of backlash. People were like, you know, Kevin Durant, like, wow, he's a beta. He's not alpha. You know, all stuff like he, how, how is he going to say he's not a leader? But I love that moment because yeah. he just accepted like, all right, it's, I'm not, I don't need to be the one running the ship. You know what I mean? I don't have to be the one that runs. I, I, I'll go to, I'll go to a great company, the golden state warriors, and I'll go win two championships and two MVPs. Like, you know, he joined a, a, a good company, a well-ran company. So, um, barbers at the end of the day, man, you don't have to be the no. owner. You, 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 you don't, don't bro. For years I was in a, I was an assistant, to to every single job that I had, I was a great assistant for years. And then I thought to myself, when am I ever gonna have my turn? Yeah. You know, like when? When is that gonna happen? And and I, I remember one time I was in prayer and I was like, man, Lord, like when am I gonna have my time to to really be that person? And he said, Whenever you stop asking me that. Yeah. He's like, once you understand, that. once you understand that it's not you, it's me, then I can I can trust you and 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 then you can lead people. Now I can sit at a table with a millionaire. And I can sit there and talk with a guy that's right out of school or the guy that's just entering into school. On every level, I can relate to somebody and someone about where they're at in their life. You know what I mean? So, uh, but you're right, Marv. You don't have to be that guy. You can just be a, like, I got, man, I got some dudes that are just riders, Marv. I mean, my, my team are, like I said, man, it's some dogs, man. But, yeah. you know, um, one person I remember that came to me and they were like, hey, when, when do I get to get bumped up to 70 30 before I, I created my new scale of system? And they said, when, when can I when can I get moved up? And I said, well, let's look at your books. Your books tell me everything. So yeah. you you've been working for me for six months, seven months, but you only have six clients. The average barber is average barber only cuts four heads a day. I'm not an average owner and I'm not an average barbershop. So if you can't turn around and give me eight a day, why in the hell would I give you more money? You know what I'm saying? And so they didn't like it. And guess what they did? They all plotted and scheming against me, bro. And this happened during COVID. My wife was on her, on literally was dying during COVID on her deathbed. And half of my shop got up and ran out on me, bro. Mm. Half of my shop. Yeah. 
after that had to be rough. Oh my gosh, it was insane, bro. And I couldn't go. It was probably one of the moments where you're just like, why, bro? What what like, I'm trying like, my best to like why, bro. Yep. So so because of that, Mark, because of that, now I'm not afraid to tell somebody, hey, you know what? Uh no, you can't come in. No, I'm yeah. not hiring you. No, show me, show me some sheer work. No, okay, you can't do it. No, it's all right. No, I have no let me tell you guys this, and and I this I hope this speaks loud to some of you guys. The hardest thing, but the best thing in life is to learn to say no. When you can have the ability and capability for the the well-being of you to say, no, you're not going to treat me like this. No, I'm not going to lower my standard. No, I'm not going to choose to work in here. No, I'm not going to do this. No, I'm not going to do that. And then you can turn around and say, no, I'm not going to allow you to handle me this way. I'm not going to position myself to be treated this way. I'm not going to lower my standards as a person. It's the best thing and the worst thing to, to say is, is the word no. But if you can learn to say no, it'll be the worst thing for somebody, but it'll be the best thing for you. I love it because, guys, when you're saying no, a lot of times, most of the, what you're doing is saying yes to yourself, right? So it's like saying yes to yourself more, right? And learn how to say no to the world more. So, Vinny, um, how much time do you got? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm here, bro. All right, because what I'm thinking is uh, we can go for about another 20 minutes, and I want to get to some of the questions that, um, <coughs> bless you, or, or if that was a cough, <laughs> I want to get to some of the questions that um, people have asked that maybe we haven't covered. And guys, if you're tapped in right now live, start firing some questions that you got, and we're going to do our best to answer them over the next um, 20 minutes. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the channel already, make sure you do. If you're enjoying this conversation, uh, we got a lot more good ones to come and you already know we're going to have Vinny back for more. This ain't Vinny's only conversation. There I said, we're going to need a part two. So Vinny will be back for more. Um, follow Vinny on, uh, Instagram as well. Vinny, uh, De how I say that? De, De, De Leon. Yeah. De Leon. Yep. De Leon three. Uh, make sure you follow him, take a screenshot, share it to your story. Let people know that. This is a super informative live. You don't have to do it now, guys, but take a picture, take a screenshot, um, share some of your thoughts. Make sure you tag me in it, tag Vinny in it, so that way we can show you some love, um, yeah. share some of them to our story, and um, just let us know your thoughts on it. Uh, but ask some questions. Ask away, especially if we haven't covered some. And, Vinny, what I want to ask of you is, because I want to try to answer as many of these as uh, we can, uh, I know we're, we can both give long winded answers. Yeah, uh, I got try to do our best to, to answer as many as we can in like a short, compactful way. Sure. Absolutely. That cool with you? Yeah. All right, cool. So let me see. Um, uh, let's see. So Herb says, what are you using to control the commission? Are you doing 1099s for each individual? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> Quick answer, right? Do you offer yeah. straight commission or uh boo friend as well? Uh, right now it's commission. Okay. Commission, straight commission depending yeah. on booth rental it, it, it can you can be a hybrid shop but it depends and then be honest with you i'm actually thinking about even throwing an hourly i'm thinking about doing hourly booth rental and commission mm. yeah the yeah. Hour, hourly one is one it's so funny because we hear booth rent or commission but we never hear hourly and that's actually one that you know uh that that could be super beneficial for everybody involved oh, as well absolutely. yeah um how would Vinny handle working in a low income or saturated um, area? So get out. Mm. Just get out. I mean, at some point you're going to remember, no, right. It's the hardest thing, but it's the best thing too. So at some point you're going to have to stop the bleeding. 
You know what I mean? And say no. And especially if you really feel like, like if you have the experience and you have the knowledge and you have the, the clientele, I can guarantee you they would, they would much rather be serviced in an area that's, that's better suiting for them anyway. So, mm. you know, sometimes we, we get so caught up in, man, I may lose some clients. Yeah. But think about how many other clients are willing to pay you in a better environment. So, you know, uh, how I handled it is I got up and I left. I built my own playground. I said, I'm not going to play in the same park. I'm, I'm going to build my own playground. Okay. I love that. And so that feed rolls right into the next one. What's the best advice for someone looking to open a shop? So if you're looking to open a shop, man, this is what I would tell you. Number one, don't get caught up. Limit yourself on Instagram. Mm. Okay. Limit yourself on Instagram because Instagram can be very discouraging. And I'm just speaking for and misleading and very misleading because, you know, you only post the best in Instagram. Right. But the reality is, it's just because they got that one corner that looks tight. The rest of the shop may look beat up. Uh, use what you have and and be very, very, very intentional with every decision that you're going to make to open up a shop. If it's if you have a budget for three chairs. Then start with three and build short term goals and celebrate those goals and cast the vision to your clients and your barbers and say, hey, man, you know what our goal is, is in three, three, four months. We want to potentially have another barber in here or just buy the chair and people will celebrate you for just buying the chair, even if there's not a barber in there. You know what I mean? So so just do what you can with what you got. And the more that you grow it, people will support it. I promise you people will support it. I'm proof. And, and another thing I recommend, too, because I know he has an organized playbook for you to look into. And it, it's a proven, you know, uh, uh, blueprint that has worked 10 times for him. If you go uh, follow the barber guru and uh, buy his barber uh, shop owner course. Right. If you have no idea where to start, buy it. I think he, I don't know what he's selling it for now. DM him, say Marby Marvin Vinny sent, sent you looking to getting that. And it, he has a whole program laid out where he covers a bunch of stuff. It at least give you a starting point of like how to, um, you know, build your shop, how to develop a team, uh, a whole lot of very valuable insight that you can take and implement exactly how he says, or you can add your own sauce to it, or you can yeah. use that as starting point to try to like look in, in, in different ways um, to, to figure it out, but definitely invest into that. The barber guru is Joe and his, his team. They got 10 locations commission-based, um, ran through all out through Jersey. So looking at that. And also I would say, um, looking at Chris Basio, six figure barber mentorship, Chris Basio, um, they, they own eight shops, I think booth rental shops, and he's constantly looking to buy new shops with his partners. Um, so look into that mentorship too, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of super valuable advice um, in, in that as well. Those are two people I can definitely co-sign because I know that they're going to come with valuable information for you guys. Were yeah. you about to point us something? Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is really ask yourself, why do you really want to shop? Because yeah. like Mark said, sometimes you can be of great value and you can learn underneath somebody that's really, really good. And you can, he, you know, he can give you all the game for free there. So ask yourself, why do you really want to shop? I always tell people now, like, dude, a shop is really not worth it. To be honest with you, it's really, really not. I mean, it's, yeah. the, the, the profits are low. But in the end of the day, if your heart is right, it's it's very fulfilling. Right. You know what and, I mean? And, and, and your heart is right is very fulfilling, and it can be used as a, a, a strong – it can be used as a foundation to build off of, right, right, and expand. But the, the idea that you're just going to 
because a lot of barbers are like, well, why am I going to, why are we going to stay here, bro? And continue to make his pockets fat and make him rich. We should just go open our own. So now we can get all the chairs and we can collect the booth rent. And we're not going to rob our barbers. We're only going to charge $75 a week booth rent. And then you get out you get, and you do it and you see, oh man, this ain't nothing like what I thought it was. And now you're trying to figure out how do I convert to commission and go do this whole thing. So, um, I say all that to piggyback off of what Vinny said. It's, it's, it, owning a shop is not for everybody, and you do do not have to own a shop in order to be um, a successful barber. I think that's the one thing in our industry that also needs to be addressed because whenever I go speak at schools or beginner barbers, and I say, "How many of y'all want to own a shop?" Everybody's hand goes up every time, right? And there's and I get it, right? I own a shop, right? So I get it. But, you know, knowing what I know now, there are a lot of ways where you could just be a barber that works in a successful shop, stack up your money, get your credit right, get your life right. And then you can you can dive into other areas. Right. You can dive in other things like Vinny say, you can start buying some land. You can build a chef, build some uh, properties on the land. Start, you know, there's a whole lot of different routes you can go and you can do that from uh, being a barber that works in a shop without being um, a, a shop owner. Um Herb says, do you have a structure to where you have all barbers there open to close? So I typically recommend that if you're a new barber on a 90-day probation, get there open to close. Number yep. one is going to teach you a good, healthy structure of how we operate. Um, <clears throat> and then after your 90-day probation, you know, then then obviously we can work with, with your schedule. So no, not, not open to close. Now, one of my barbers, Blake, which is now my manager for one year straight. That boy was in there open to close one year straight. And he built a clientele so fast. And now the dude's a staple in the community. So, yeah. Um, then, uh, what was the, uh, where's the other one he says, do you prefer someone to work in a slow shop as a new barber to start off with or navigate to a busy shop? Man, that's a personal preference for you and your skill set. what you feel you're ready for. Um, I will tell you this, what a lot of people tell me is, number one, they're afraid to contact us because of the demand on us and the demand that I have on my barbers. And and they, they become very intimidated by it and it causes them not to even want to go. And then you have some that feel like, man, let me just start where I can get my feet wet and then going in. Or you can be that guy that just jumps in head first and say, hey, you know what? Do or damn, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this work. You know, so that that's a personal preference, bro. I really don't I don't want to mislead you down down there. You know what I mean? So if you feel you're ready for it, go for it. James says, uh, how do you want to uh, build a winter culture in a barbershop? So, James, what I would tell you is to make sure you go back and rewatch this entire <laughs> live. Right. Because Vinny was snapping at the beginning. And I think uh, where's that comment I just seen? Let me find it real quick. Somebody <laughs> said you got to watch this back with a, a pen and paper in hand. I don't know. I just had it. I don't know where I put it. But um, go back. Rewatch this with a pen and paper in hand because there's a lot of game. We've been live now for two um, two hours and 16 minutes. There it is right here. Make sure you take a second listen to this episode with a pen and paper. Um, Vinny dropped a whole lot of that. But in um, in a few words, what would you say? How do you build a winning co- winner culture in a barbershop? What's the, a winning what the culture is, number one, don't be afraid to admit your wrongdoings and your flaws. Be transparent to your team and show them. <clears throat> um, number two, Get you a mentor that's winning. Get you a mentor that's winning, man. So that, that way they can help you. They can eliminate a lot of it. And don't be afraid to pay for mentorship. Please, guys, don't. So that's what I would say, man. Be transparent. Be vulnerable. And and share your experiences with your team, man. Winning or losing. I love it. 
Um, would you ever go commission, Marv? So at this point in my life, I don't have interest in opening more shops just because I, I love the digital space and I love what I'm working to build right now. Um, and I just love it so much that I don't currently have interest in opening more shops. And I'm very happy with the way my shop is. It has, has been built, how it's operating. Um, after some of these more recent conversations, I'm definitely going to hit the drawing board to level up everything. So I do want to improve it. Um, so to, you know, long, long winded answer, but, um, if I were to ever open up, uh, a, another shop or more shops, they would absolutely be commissioned for sure. But currently I don't, I'm cool with the way my shop is. I've got to work to improve it, but it, it, I'm good. And then, you know, my, my barbers appear to be happy, you know? Uh, so I think commission is, is a, is a great model when it comes to business. I did booth rent the same reason that all barbers do booth rent. I said, all right, we're going to do an affordable booth rent, open it up. You know, luckily for me, it's worked out very well, but knowing what I know now that commission is definitely the route to go. If you want to build and really scale, um, the shop, um, vital cut says, how do you feel about prepaid appointments? How do I feel about it? I think I, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> do it. If they could, you know, I even have no call, no shows, which I just implemented this year, by the way, my integrity would not allow me to charge a client when I knew I had room to still get more walk-in. And so because of that, Marv, and, and, and literally I've lost over half a million dollars since I've been in business and no call, no shows. Mm. Now I put a policy in place and guess what? We went from almost over a hundred thousand dollars a year, right? Over a hundred thousand dollars, like almost like 110, 112. It went down to like probably 300 bucks. Mm. So people okay. will take advantage if you allow them, but if you can get a prepaid appointment, get a prepaid appointment, but you better make sure that you're ready to service that person because if you're late, if you don't, you know, it's just a lot. Just, just make yeah, sure it, it gotta go both ways. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta make sure you're on point. That's right. Um, you got forty dollars in your pocket, and you need to build clientele, Vinny. How are you spending the forty? You, you give away free haircuts. Keep your forty dollars. Mm -hmm. Give away free haircuts. When I first got in it, you know what I used to do? I used to warranty my work. I, I, I put such a demand on my 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 um my strategies that my goal was how is this haircut going to look after a week. After two weeks, how's this haircut going to look? So I would go and I would tell them, hey, let me cut your hair for free. Come and see me. And and you keep your $40. And then you tell that person, hey, if you don't mind, go ahead and, and uh, leave me a review on Yelp or whatever on the barbershop page or, or whatever that looks like. If you're in a barbershop, the owner will love you because now they're getting reviews and the client will love you. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to go and tell his client. Now, mind you, you're just getting started. That does not mean that you're always going to be giving away haircuts. Mm. And I, you know, I, I've ranted about this so many times when it comes to free haircuts, guys, it's an investment. It's an investment into yourself, into your business, because worst case scenario, you give a free haircut and the person doesn't tip you, doesn't pay you anything, leaves and never comes back. You got an opportunity to hone your skills and sharpen your skill set, get some practice and get some reps in. You're better because of it. Right. And now being in the era of content, you could at bare minimum. Capture content of it. Take pictures of the, the cut. Take video of the, the cut, right, for your Google, for your social media. So you can at least get some reps and content out of it. And here's the, the, the example I love to share when it comes to that is if you can imagine you gave, yourself, uh, gave somebody a free haircut. They didn't tip you. They didn't pay you. They left. Um, but you captured content of the haircut. Just think about it. That content you could use on Google. 
Somebody who's looking up for a barbershop near me on Google sees that haircut, comes in, shows you that haircut. You lock them in as a client. Now you've made money off the content of the free haircut. And the same thing on social, same, same thing with social media. You could post a video of you doing that free haircut on social media. And who knows, it could lead to you getting a new client because of that free hair, free haircut. Yep. So I, I say all that to say that there's, there's only things to gain by doing free haircuts, especially if you ain't doing that anyway, you just be sitting around scrolling on your phone anyway. So why not get your, get uh, some reps in and some, some practicing. Yep. Um, he said, uh, Gabe says, Vinny, when you first started, what's the first thing you did to compete with the competition um, in your area? What I'd say, Gabe, is I don't know if you were on earlier when he talked about, what was it called, tune-up? I know you looked into tune-up a little bit yep, and, yep. and modeled them. They're, um, they're a franchise out in his area. So uh, you want to catch that section of this live. I forget what part it was at. But how would you answer that right now, Vinny? Uh, what, to compete with the competition in my area, number one, uh, I never looked at myself as a competition. I always looked at myself as I was better than anybody around me. That sounds cocky to some, but that, that was my vision of my business. And I said, no one can do what I can do and I can't do what they can do. And I put my head on the ground and I stayed my lane and I stayed my course. And over time, the cream always rises to the top. And as we started to grow, <clears throat> I became that, that trendsetter. Not even trying to. It just happened. Numbers don't lie. So I was more focused on growing my business and my team. And I never looked at competition, bro, to be honest with you. Now, there are people that I look at for inspiration, but never is competition. Right. So yeah. look at, looking at them almost to, to like it's, it's success leaves clues, right? So it's looking at who's doing that. a good job, right? So who's going to doing a good job? How can I do what they're doing in my own way? And who's doing a bad job? How can I avoid doing what the hell? Um, they're doing Gabe said, got in late. It's all good. Gabe, this will be up on the replay or, or on the channel for replay. So make sure you go back and watch it. Uh, JT fate says as an owner, concentrate more on Google and social media. I get more walk-in without, a, uh, without a sign than the barbershops that have a sign, uh, on their shops. And I, I know, you know Vinny agrees with this. I agree with a hundred percent. Uh, when it comes to building up shops, bro, like Google is so powerful. You just got to put yourself in the shoes of a potential customer, right? Like if, if we're just comparing social media to Google, uh, people go on social media. We all go on social media to be entertained. That's what we open it up for, right? We're thinking we're bored. We're feeling awkward right now. Ain't got no going on. We get on our phone. We scroll on social media to be entertained. We don't go on social media looking to buy something. Now, as we're on there, maybe we come across something that we uh, uh, eventually buy, right? But we're not going there specifically looking for a barber or looking to buy anything. Whereas Google, people are going there looking for, for services, right? And products they are going there saying barbershop open barber near me, right? Yeah. Barber yeah. urban hair. They're yeah. searching barbershop names, right? Yep. So if you can leverage Google the same way, you know, Vinny has, I actually pulled some of these uh, stats up again, cause that he sent me, which I think is super dope. Um, if you can leverage Google, Man, social media is the tool you use to expand the brand and to, to start reaching people globally and do some cool things like you see Marvy Marv doing and what Vinny's starting to dive into, right? You use social media for that. But if you could just get really good at Google, I mean, Vin, these numbers right here, Vinny's showing what this was from last month, you yes, said? Yep. 22,000 people looked at his Google My Business, 798 people clicked on it, right? 56 people called. 629 people t 
clicked on the directions, right? So it, people are coming to the business because they're searching Google, seeing Vinny's Google My Business, seeing the reviews, seeing the, the content he's posted. So as an owner, definitely invest in the Google. That's right. Um, let's see if there's a... Uh, let's see. So, okay. This is a great question. So I, I'll answer this quick and then let me know how you feel about it too. As a barber, not an owner, can I set a, a Google up? It, it, it's going to depend on the owner for sure, because it, there's a lot of variables and maybe Vinny will speak on his opinion about that. But I would say bare minimum, if you, if you can't open up a Google, you can't figure out a way to do that as a barber in the shop. Uh, when you're asking for the Google reviews, make sure you're asking the person to leave your name in the review. Right. So that way, when somebody is looking for a barbershop near them and they find Vinny's barbershop and it's got a bunch of great reviews and it's got some nice pictures and they click to read the reviews, it says things like Jamie was amazing. Jamie was awesome. Been bringing my kids to Jamie for years. Jamie, I don't let anybody else but Jamie touch my hair. So they start seeing Jamie, 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 Jamie. What's going to happen when they click the booking link or they try to walk in or they try to call? They're going to ask for who? Jamie. So at least at bare minimum, as a barber in a shop that has a Google setup, ask your clients to leave your reviews, leave reviews and make sure and you point this out to them. Make sure you mention my name in it. That's what right. are your thoughts on uh, some of that? Same, same exact thing. And if the owner's too naive to understand that that's helping him, then, you know, you, know, you got to really question yourself. Are you, do you want to be there? You know, what so I mean? here's another one. Um, Vinny, uh, the, the Ernest says, I'm renting a suite right now. How do I know when I'm ready to open a shop? Man, it, it you know, you look at your numbers, look at your goals, man. You got to really have uh, that game plan in play. Look at your, look at your bills. Look at, I mean, look at the reality side of this, right? If, if you can afford whatever they're, they're charging for suites now i don't even know mar to be honest with you like what is it, like maybe 200 bucks or something it, it depends on the area but it's what's interesting is a lot of people will say i don't want to pay you know x amount of dollars in commission or i don't want to pay booth rent when i can just open my own suite and then they go and open a suite and they pay more to the suite but they feel better because you know instead of making the shop owner rich now they're making the owner of the building rich right and, and now they get the cool sign to hang yeah, up so yeah. that's so so but um so the prices could vary you know what yeah. i mean and and then you got to ask yourself: Are you really ready for all of that responsibility? Yeah, are you really ready? Are you ready to not make money? Are you really ready to go negative? Are you really ready to say, "Hey, I got to stay in there early mornings, late nights"? How ready are you to take full ownership of somebody else's family? And that's huge because that's what keeps my integrity. So yeah. and, you know, it's up to you, man. You know, but look at your bills and see if that's even a reality for you. A lot of us feel like we need to have a shop. I don't know why. I don't know why you feel like you want to have a shop. But if I could do it all over again, granted, I got the clientele that I have. But if I could do it all over again, bro, I would be a hell of an assistant to, to, to the owner. <laughs> yeah. you know so I mean? you'd say even an option for, for Ernest would be, okay, if, if you decide that you know you, the sweet thing is just for whatever reason you're you're over it and and you start to think, uh, maybe, uh, maybe a shop isn't for me, but you still want some change in some way. Maybe what does, do you recommend her to start looking for maybe a, a, a Vinny's barbershop in their area and see how they can become a part of that? Yep, absolutely. And a lot of the times if they don't want to do that, then they got a lot of pride. And then that's the worst way to start opening the shop anyway, with that much pride. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I mean? Plug said, seems like a big step going from a suite to running a shop. It is, it's not a step. It's like, 
<laughs> you better run back and really yeah. like I don't know how you you going to try to jump over that water to land on the other side. Yeah, you, yeah. Land that, you better know how to you better learn how to swim really quick because better have some wings. A whole new world. <laughs> and it ain't Red sure. Bull. I'm telling you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but you know to 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 add on to that though, you know when you jump in and you learn how to swim and you are able to build a successful shop, it's it's dope, man, to have a team of people with you, a family. You know, I, I I'm so grateful for my team of barbers and my yeah, family, you, and just man. like you are, you know. So good to be you. able to have that sense of fulfillment, be able to make some uh you know passive income, right? You make some money if you you're not there, type of thing, and just a lot of the benefits that come with owning a shop. It it it, it it's great. You know, just understand it isn't for um, everybody. Uh, Plugs yeah. also asked earlier, how do you get booth renders to switch over? I probably would have jumped ship. So he's saying he would have been out. You tried that with him. Tried that with me. I'm gone. <laughs> um, that, that's them with me. Not knowing the possibilities. Commission. That word sounds scary. Coming from a booth uh, renter. Um, Plugs earlier. Um, Vinny really went into it. So make sure you watch the playback. So he really explains, you know, more in depth of, of how he did it. But um. I guess you can just because you kind of did it pretty easy. So, uh, how did you, how do you get them to switch over again? Man, uh, you know that that's when the integrity of the owner comes in. You know, yeah. and and if if you feel like this guy has been really looking out for you, you know, what do you got to lose? I mean, really, what do you got to lose? More than likely, your clients will follow you anyway wherever you're going to go. So, what do you got to lose, right? But I can tell you this from experience: <clears throat> I've seen more successful owners in terms of profit. And I've seen more successful barbers in terms of profit on commission-based shops than what I have booth rent. And and I, I'm not knocking anybody that does it their way. I'm just saying in in my way that I've seen, I have a lot of people. Let me tell you, a lot of the reason why these questions are so big right now is because a lot of people are wondering the same exact thing. They're just afraid to take it because it's going against the grain of what the the barbers before us have set up for us. So we got to clean this up. That's all it is. I love it. Um, and uh, James says, how do you handle cleaning stations and other expectations of the barbers? Oh, that's easy. So, so, so it's really simple, James. Um, what, what I do is I say, Hey, you know what? We're all grown men. I don't go over there and have to wipe your ass at home. You're not going to come over here to my house and expect me to wipe your ass. So, you know, you, if I'm, I'm giving you a shop, it's a nice shop. I'm giving you a $3,000 barber chair. You're going to take care of it. The one rule that I have in my shop, let me tell you, sometimes you don't be afraid to make your barbers uncomfortable. The one rule in my shop, my barbers are not allowed to sit in a barber chair. Really? Not, yeah. No, 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 no. You're not going to sit in my chairs. No. So where do go. they sit? Do you wait in area? Yeah, go find your seat. I don't care. Not in the break room, but we got plenty of chairs that you can sit down and hang out. But you're not going to sit in the chair because eventually what happens is then you start leaning back, you get uncomfortable, and then you break in my chairs, and then you go. You don't ever go in another man's house and put your feet on the table. And I'm what going to the shop tomorrow. I'm saying, but don't you sit in that chair? <laughs> oh, that's that's a good point because yeah, yeah, you're 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 right. You're right. Yeah, it, because it then it becomes the lazy. Chairs. It's a lazy anyway. That's a whole other conversation. But yeah. Um, yeah. So, so what I do is I say, Hey, if I got to help, if I'm giving you a place where you can make a hundred thousand dollars and you can't clean up your own station, I don't want you in my shop. I love it. That's it. That's just what it is, bro. And so it, but at the same time, again, right. Like you said, Marvin, it's a two way street. Give these guys something to want to clean their station for. Give mm -hmm. them something where they take pride. I posted a story today. I had three, four in my, I think it was five this morning. I went, bro, my, my windows were spotless. That's a huge pet peeve of mine is dirty windows. Dirty windows in the entrance is, is a huge sign that they do not pay attention to details. So 
My windows are clean. My floors are swept. The chairs are all faced in the same direction. And this is my team doing this. And I was gone for six days because they respect and they appreciate what I'm doing for them and vice versa. So it, so if, let's say, for example, you get a new barber, you bring them on board and, you know, they're doing a good job. They, they agree to all those terms or being cleanly with their station. But then as they've been with you during the probationary period, you know, they start, you know how it is at their sales agent where wears off. They try to like they start cleaning less or whatever stations a little bit messier. How do you handle that? Do you nip it in the butt right away? And if so, like, how do you approach that? So, again, I don't micromanage, but my managers, they, they know what I expect. Right. Yeah. And so my managers go over there to them and they'll be like, hey, let me take, come on, let's have a talk, you know, and they address it and they say, listen, either you're going to ride with it or you're going to lose it. And the yeah. one thing about Vinny, Vinny does not like, I don't like lazy people. I can't do it. I can't do lazy people. And they'll tell you straight up, Vinny's not going to have it, bro. Vinny is not going to work. It's not going to work. So either fix it or you're going to have 11 dogs ready to, ready to just go at you. You know what I mean? And it's a culture. We've created culture. So either you're going to adapt to it or you're going to have to leave. That's it. I love it. I got a question for you. Uh, I didn't see anybody ask it, but we talked a, a lot earlier about, you know, if when you're building that business that is successful and that people enjoy working at and that tell everybody about it attracts barbers that come want to work for you, right? We had a few people on here saying, Vinny, I'd love to work for you. Sure. Um, how do you seek out barbers, though? If you're looking for a barber, what are some strategies you do? I'm going to be honest with you, Marv. I stopped looking for barbers in probably year three. Mm. I stopped <clears throat> because they're liars. They, they're unprofessional. They, they, the interview process is very demanding on me because I know what I expect. And a lot of the times these barbers don't do it. So here's what I do. If you come to me, you better come with a resume. Mm. If you don't have a resume and I'm talking about a resume, I don't want something that you put together with AI. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I need, I need, yeah, it's a lot easier nowadays. It's a lot easier, but even then like, um, you know, you got to come with a resume and then not only that, but I want to see how long you've been licensed. And, and oh, okay, so if you were starting from scratch, you were the person that it's just you right now, and you were going to open a location where you can fit, let's say, 10 chairs, what would be your mindset to try to get barbers to come work for you? How would you do that? Believe in your, this is again, so if I could do it all over again, I have to believe in my vision and not yeah. settle. I hired one guy and I do wind up stealing so much money from me. And he went and he had a gambling problem, right? Mm. He had a gambling problem, Mark, and this guy went everywhere and told all of these gambling joints that his shop was, my shop was his, but he put it under my name for tax purposes. <laughs> <laughs> and I had so many of these hood, like just, it was yeah, just, yeah, yeah, it got wild. Yo, it got wild. And I'm like, who the hell are you guys? So I learned a valuable lesson. Don't settle, man. And, and, and maybe that's your, your lesson right there. If you're not ready to have some money saved up or you're not ready to open the clothes and stay there and grit and grind the whole time by yourself, then maybe you're not ready for a barbershop. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And that's a harsh reality, but that's the truth because barbers will use you. And, I, and I'm, I hate saying that, but barbers yeah, are like, you're generalizing, but no, guys, no, it's, you it's know, we're adults in here. More times than none, barbers use you to get whatever they want. Yeah. What I would say to uh, to add to that, to, to, to at least give a, a practical step, possibly, is if you if you are looking for barbers, I would say start at the barber schools 
like the, the trying to catch a barber earlier on before they develop a lot of the bad habits that us as barbers develop, right? Because we work under poor leadership or we're surrounded by a bunch of barbers with bad habits and we don't really know what good or bad habits are because we don't really know none. We're new to the industry. So what I would say is, you know, I, like Vinny's saying, you got to work on you, work to be a better leader, work on yourself, work to be a better human overall, work on your skill set, right? Improve in every area possible. And then, you know, if there's local schools in the area, maybe go there and, and, and reach out and speak to some people there, see if there's any barbers looking for a job or put together a little presentation. Yeah. I know anytime I spoke at a school that was local and I did a presentation, people would always say, Hey, how can I work for you? Maybe teach a haircut or something. Right. And then, uh, do your best to try to figure out, do I have a hiring process and see, okay, will this person be a good person that I'd want to be a part of my culture and judge them based on their character and their energy. Right. And if they appear to be coachable and not just, Hey, do a haircut in front of me. And because they can do a, a, a good fade straight out, straight out of school, you're like, all right, come on board because that just might ultimately be uh, a, a headache in the long run. So, um, you know, start at the schools. I know Joe, one of his tips was, uh, look on indeed because if, if anybody's going to go out of their way to create a profile on indeed, you know, oh. to look for a barbershop, that's already saying, uh, 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 more about them than somebody that's just, you know, that that's not going to do that. So you can maybe look there, um, as well. So, uh, Vinny, we've been rocking for two hours and 38 minutes. As much as I feel like we can go on for the rest of the night, I think we need to save some more for part two. Barbers, let me know in the chat if you want to see a part two with more Vinny on the channel. This is going to make you smile, Vinny, when you see these part twos coming in. Drop some gems. Drop some fire emojis. Spam the chat like some of them bots were spamming my chat when I did the convo with Deluxe. Spam the chat like he had them bots doing. Uh, barbers, and make sure you follow Vinny on, on um, Instagram. Uh, subscribe to this channel if you haven't done so already. And guys, take a screenshot of this because we're wrapping it up. Take a screenshot of this and um, let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you thought about it uh, in just a few words. Make sure you tag me in it. Make sure you tag Vinny in it so that way we can show you guys um, some love. And I just I know you see all the comments coming in. Cool, so man. so let me put them on the screen for you because I know you're you're your own worst critic, just like I am, and like a lot of us all are. So we always wonder, did we give enough value? You know, yeah. do they want to hear more from me? And I just want you to see right now, Vinny, you came through, you did the damn thing. They want part two. So we're gonna have to um set that up at some point. You see, and the barbers love this. So um any last thing you want to add before we wrap this up, bro? Uh, man, you know, uh, again, my whole <clears throat> part of this and, and goal of this, Marv, was was to bring hope, man. And, and you know, I hope that, that I was able to do that for some of you guys. Uh, <clears throat> some of you guys, man, you, you, you're already millionaires. You know what I mean? And all you have to do is just ask the right questions, link up with the right people. And don't be afraid, man. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, so many of us, most men, we die internally before we die externally because we don't we're afraid to do that. So, you know, um, man, I, I just want to bless you guys. God bless you, man. I thank you guys for, you know, having me on Marv. Thank you so much, bro. I know you got a family and, and for you to take out as much time as you do to do what you do and how you're doing it, man. You know, big kudos to you and give you those flowers, too, bro. But everybody that tuned in and listen, man, you know, there's hope. There's hope, man. There's there's we got a great industry. We got there's a shift happening. And I would encourage you guys to, you know, don't be afraid to take that leap of faith sometimes, man. And, and don't be afraid to say no. 
And, and there's a lot of comments because I'm live. The audio, they can hear it on Instagram, too. I always try to get them to come over to YouTube. I put it, make it very well known. But somebody said, you never know who's listening to this. I really needed this. I'm 16 oh. years in the barber game, and this hit me like new. So, That's Vinny, awesome. thank you, bro. You uh, did the platform. You did Gem Talk, uh, 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 a great service. You came with a lot of value, a lot of gems, a lot of practical information, a lot of inspiration, motivation, and hope. So, I, again, I just want to thank you for taking two in hours and 41 minutes of your time to kick it with me. Kick they it with deserve, me. And, they, deserve the it. they all deserve it, bro. And, you know, if, if, if there's anything I can be a help of, man, like I told you in that message, I meant it. You know, any way I can help you, any 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 speaking whatever whatever that looks like man yeah. you know what i mean I'm, we, I'm we, we got a lot more work to do bro yeah, i man. need to hear your best barbers bro barbers <laughs> barbers yeah, we're getting there maybe, maybe <laughs> a little better by part two i need more followers i need more followers to do it better <laughs> <laughs> yeah guys make sure you go follow Vinny. Uh, um thanks again Vinny. Um, i'm gonna wrap this up but you stay here so we can talk for a few minutes after this sure. guys yeah. Um, again, make sure you take a screenshot, share to see your story, share some thoughts, tag me and Vinny in it. So that way we can show you some love. And, um, if you, you tapped in late, I'm going to be uploading this on the YouTube channel so you can go back and watch the whole thing. Um, again, it's definitely worth a rewatch. Uh, make sure you come with your pen and paper and your notes ready to take a lot of notes because a lot of game was dropped. So barbers until next time, keep chasing greatness and, uh, we will tap in with you soon.